You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? How you guys doing out there? Welcome to Funk Music with Zach right here on IBM.TV. I got a really great show today. I got a spectacular guest for you. Um, Dr. Heidi Wilkinson is coming on, HJ Entertainment, and we're going to sit down and kick it with her a little bit, talk about the facts of life and everything that's going on, how we're going to pivot in this COVID thing, what we're going to do going forward to 2021. Um, you know, we're going to just sit back and kind of analyze how people in this industry, in the booking entertainment industry, can actually pivot, make some money, still keep their artists safe. And, um, you know, please be interactive. Please keep your comments and questions. Um, I love to have them. I love them coming in. People all around the world, you know, we love you. Um, welcome over in India. Welcome over in Dubai and Germany and Australia. And, um, you know, here in the United States, a welcome in Canada and all around the world, as we, we always do. You know, let's start out with a little roll call before I bring Dr. Heidi on. And I want everybody out there to kind of get up. I need y'all to give me all the energy you got. We need that energy today, y'all. Let me cut it off, too. Somebody say one. Say two. Come on, Funk Music with Zach is in your house today. Come on, get up, get up. Yeah, nothing but the funk, y'all. IBM TV TV. Dr. Heidi is in the Woo! Houston, where you at? Yeah, San Antonio. Amarillo, Georgia, DC, Florida, New Orleans, West Coast, California, Utah, Texas is in the house. Woo! Canada. New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Long Island, Staten Island, Canada, Australia, where you at? Germany, England, Dubai, India. 
front seat. Come on and join me today. Let's get it pumped up in here. Woo! I love y'all today. Yeah, welcome to the show. Right now, I want to let you guys know, coming right here, sitting right next to me, ah, yeah, Dr. Heidi Wilkinson. Welcome, my dear. How are you? I think you're on mute. Nope, nope, Mark, she got on mute. We got her on mute. I can't hear you. I lost your volume. Okay, one second. Mark, you back there? We, lost we are back here and everything, but um, yeah, for some reason, she might have to do like you do sometimes with the headset because I'm not hearing her volume at all. We were just talking to her. Yeah, I know. Okay. We lost your volume. You're on your cell phone? Okay. Put in your headphones. Okay. Well, while Heidi's straightening that out, um, we lost her volume, but we're going to get her back. Welcome to the show right now. Um, everybody out there around the world, you know how we always promote hand sanitizer, right? And make sure that you're wearing your mask. Those are things that we have to do. We got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to bring Heidi back in a second. If you got a birthday out there, I love you guys. If you got an anniversary out there, I love you. Um, you know, and if you lost someone um, due to natural causes or, you know, due to COVID, know that we care here on this show. Know that we're going to do everything we can to try to make this next hour a little bit easier for you and make sure you guys have some fun and a good place to come and relax, sit down and chill with us at IBM.TV.TV. Um, you know, we're all about peace, love and all that good stuff. So we want everybody out there to understand that you got a place to go when you think you have no place to go. And if you're feeling some kind of way, by all means, please contact me. I am all over social media, Twitter and Instagram and Periscope and Facebook. And you can always find me somewhere. Just look for Zach Robertson, Funk Music with Zach. Contact me, hit my Facebook page. Um, please support the show. Um, you know, we really do try to do some positive things and try to keep things going in a positive direction. So we really try our very, very best to make it a good show for you guys. We got a lot to talk about. There's been a lot happening in the United States lately that, um, you know, people around the world have been um, into and been watching. So having said that, you know, um, what we're going to have to try to do here is take it one step at a time. I don't, I don't think we're in a position right now as Americans to rush through anything um, and as the world, I don't think we're in a position to rush through anything. Every step we take right now has to be a firm step. We do not to take, we do not, or we should not take two steps forward, you know, and then go one step backwards. We should not do that. We should actually be able to take one good firm step, then take another good firm step. And let's make sure all our footing is solid. Right now, um, a lot of the young people out there in the world, they have a chance to change the world. And I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. I'm so proud of you guys for stepping up. I'm so proud of you guys for um, contributing and, and being an early contributor. Some of you didn't want to jump into this thing early. 
as far as this thing we know called life, but you were forced to due to COVID. COVID has forced a lot of people out of their comfort zone, you know, and I'm not going to do the negative because I don't really do the negative unless, you know, somebody is definitely in my face with it. But other than that, I try to keep all that away. Like my good friend and funk sister, Chrissy Q. Rollins always says, trust the process. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what we're going to continue to do is just trust the process and keep moving forward and keep going forward with positive energy. If you got someone around you right now, I don't care if you're trying to start a business. I don't care if you're working in your working environment. If they are spewing out negative hate and energy, cut them loose. I'm telling you right now, cut them loose. Don't waste any more time trying to change anyone's mind, trying to um, dictate your opinion. You know, so please, 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 please cut them loose. Um, I'm just reading the comments right here. So Mark says, let me know when you're ready. Okay, yes, we're still waiting on Heidi. So that's good. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so check it out. As we move forward in 2021, um, and this is Heidi's area of expertise. So I'm going to let her talk about this, but I'm just going to bring it up for a minute. There's a lot of um, venues that are no longer going to be available to musicians, to artists, to um, poetry acts, to plays, to things of, of, of that ilk. So what happens is everyone now has to find a way to pivot. Um, so when we, as we pivot, we just have to remember it ain't always going to be what we think it's going to be. And I'll say that again. It ain't always going to be what we think it's going to be. Hi, Cheryl. How you guys doing? I uh, love you too, sweetheart. Love, thank you. You know, I'll tell you why I'm rocking the purple. I rocked it all this week, Cheryl, because of um Camilla and the pearls and the purple and this and that. And I got my pearls. I see, so I'm, I'm rocking with you. <laughs> yes, right. My Virginia Dance Club Funk Ambassador. Hi, Danita. How you doing, sweetheart? I can't wait to have you guys on the show. It's going to be orchards. Oh, I love that. I needed a hug, Cheryl. Thanks. Yeah, when we do our thing, man, it's going to be tight. You guys are going to have a good time. So anyway. I was getting back to this as, as we move forward and as as we look at the entertainment industry, I don't care what you're doing, you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you see the pearls. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. So, yeah, Heidi's getting ready to come back right now. A little technical difficulty, but that ain't no thing because Sir Nose can't never stick his finger in his nose into the funk. You know what I'm saying? Can't be done. So. And again, I'm getting some comments from my Club Funkity ambassadors, Cheryl and Danita and everybody. So, you know, that's my fam over there. I love you guys. Y'all are crushing it, man. We're going to do some great things. Seniors on Step On Board. Hi, how you guys doing? Yes, yes, yes. And we're going to get that done, a whole show just for you guys. So it's going to be tight. Ah, Heidi's back. How you doing, Heidi? I still can't hear you. I don't know what happened. I know, I know, I know. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Take your time. Reboot. Reboot. Go out and come back in. All right. I got you. Don't worry. We got you. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Technical difficulties happen all the time. Um, and that's just something that we got to roll with. Hi, Shawana. How you doing? Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, another one of the Club Funketeers. We're going to keep it funked up all the time. We just got to get Heidi straight and get her back on and see what happens. Um, 
So as we as we continue to go forward and we try to deal with the aspects of entertainment, um, simply looking at that again, if you're doing you know poetry or if you're doing um, you know any type of of event that's going to require a large amount of people and and a lot of moving parts, um, you know, I was just talking to Heidi early about this, you know, before the show, and you know it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of people aren't ready to do that just yet. And, you know, she's going to come on and talk about this as far as venues, putting out the insurance, as far as, you know, venues being feeling secure and safe that if something happens, they won't get sued. And that's what it comes down to a lot. You know, people get sued for certain things and, um, you know, and I get it. I mean, I don't control all of that. I have no control all of that. So my mantra is don't worry about things that I cannot control. Like we club funketeers always say, you know, hey, it is what it is. Keep it moving. Um, but use the power of the one. I do believe that a lot of people this summer are going to try to force things in. And that could be good and it could be bad. Um, the way it could be good is that, you know, people are still using their creativity and they're still willing to 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 um, push their ideas and products. I hear you, Mark. But the way it could be damaging is that, um, you know, something, you know, um, we could continue to spread and we could continue to, um, you know, not really be as healthy as we need to be. I do think that um, going forward, the masks and the hand sanitizer and the social distancing is just going to be a way of life. And I'm always trying to think, well, how would I do a festival? Or how would we perform? Or how would we, you know, um, you know, do something like that and not be able to touch people and dance with people and, okay, um, and, and, you know, do that thing. Okay, we're going to try to get Heidi back up and see what's going on with that. I'm not really sure what happened, but um, we'll see what happened. And, you know, I'm, so I'm always thinking how that has an effect on everything. Hi, Heidi. Hi, can you hear me now? Yes, yes, we got you. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back. Well, yeah, it's not your fault. It happens. It happens sometimes, Woo! different time zones. Don't worry about it. We never panic here on, on Funk Music with Zach. Dr. Heidi Wilkinson, HJ Entertainment. Welcome to um, Funk from Funk Music with Zach. And I had the Prince, man. I gave you such a dope intro, too. I had to rock and bump it for you. But I'm going to bump it for you at the end, you know. I'm, I always come on with some funky stuff. I got a few of my Club Funketeer members watching. Um, they tuned in to see the show. And Cheryl and Shawana and Danita and, you know, David Brooks will be signing on. And all these people are here just to hang out with us. Um, and my friend from Australia just chimed in. Hi, Carmen. How you doing? So, you know, first of all, I want to introduce you as, you know, the nappy head booking agent, which is beside the point. I'll just leave that as it is. But tell us a little bit more um, about how you're feeling and how you're doing right now and your family with COVID. Let's start there and, and make sure that you're safe. Um, we are safe. We're doing well. Um, I'm a mask person. I, I don't go anywhere without my mask. And currently the only thing I do is I go to the grocery store. <laughs> I go to the grocery store. Um, I go to uh, my job with Amazon. Okay. I'm also an adjunct professor. So I teach online, uh, and, uh, just, you know, trying to get things in place 
uh, for the business. And uh -huh. uh, basically that is uh, pretty much it. And then just watching entertainment, you know, watching the news, uh, Facebook, things like that uh, for people to get ready to come back and, and the tail end of this. Uh, from my contacts, things won't be happening probably till the tail end. I'm going to move. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'll get into that with you in a second. Um, so that, you know, uh, yeah. but uh, other than that, we're, we're doing really well. We're doing That's cool. Well. Yeah. You, you know what, what I, what I was, what I was wondering uh, because different parts of the country um, have different expectations and also different rules. Right. Right. And um, you know, I want to get into your teaching thing as well, because I really want people to have a really, well-rounded understanding of who you actually are and what you actually do as a, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been having a lot of powerful women on the past two months because of the Renaissance of Camilla and all of that. And also as a person that has to um, deal with crazy entertainers like me and keep us balanced too, you know, uh, I'm going to get into all of that with you. I'm just going to, going to, I want people to really understand who you are because to me, when I met you, I was so um, I was so uplifted by your your spirit, your kindness, your giving, and also your professionalism. And 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 I know we talked, and when we first met, and we decided to you know form a a, a business relationship. I was so glad that you were in my corner for the nappy head funk garments. So I just wanted to put that out there. So tell us, how did you get into um, the teaching aspect um, about your business before we get into your actual business. How did you get into the teaching as a professor and, and you're a professor of, of entertainment? How did you do that? Well, in, in my um, corporate career, I've always done a lot of training, a lot of teaching, uh, preparing <laughs> young leaders for their next step in, in leadership. Uh, so I've always done that. Um it's always gravitated towards me and mm -hmm. I've always been good at it mm -hmm. because there was somebody, you know, 30 years ago who mentored me when I was yeah. in my twenties in my yeah. early twenties. And so it just became natural for me and it just made the next step made sense to take what I had learned or what I have learned in my corporate life mm -hmm. and share that in the educational realm. So I taught K through 12 for four years. I Amen. focused on literacy because uh, as, as you know, um, children in the urban environment and in the rural environment um, are not great readers. And if we can't get a hold of them uh, by the time they're in third grade, actually pre-K through third grade is learning to read. After that, it's uh, reading to learn. And right. if you don't have those reading skills and those comprehension skills and critical thinking skills in place, um, as the workload gets harder, as the material gets harder, students fall further and further behind, not because of the lack of, of the intelligence. That's not what it is at all. It's just that they haven't learned how to take that intelligence and move it into the learning realm through reading. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then, um, when I was finishing my doctorate, I knew I wanted to be an adjunct professor. I knew I wanted to teach adult learners. I knew I wanted to empower women, especially women of color, to 
get out there and be able to make your own living. Cause let, let's face it. Um, um, you know, I I'm 56. So I am of the generation that believes in marriage and having children, uh, within the body of marriage. And I've been married, um, two wonderful kids. Yay. Um, but you know, the older that we get, especially black women, um, you know, finding a partner is not, um, it gets less and less, right? To find mm-hmm. yourself a good, viable partner to share your life with. So we as women, we got to learn how to make it out here on our own. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you have that wonderful relationship, that's awesome. But if you don't, you have to learn how to be self, self-sufficient, self mm-hmm. uh, be able to take care of yourself. And my father, uh, God rest his soul, he told my sister and I that, you know, get your education, have your own, always have your own money in the bank, your own vehicle, your own home, have your own stuff, and realize that relationships and men are gravy. Y'all are extra. (laughs) And that came from a man. (laughs) We extra? Y'all are extra, so... I love it. I love it. I love it. So hey, we don't my, mind being extra. My father taught my sister now. Yeah, we don't we don't mind being extra sometimes. I know there's plenty of good men out there right now that they carry your water, so you should worry about that. You got a lot of comments. I got so I got three serious strong black women on right now. Sherilyn Woodhouse, Shanita, and um Danita. Shawana and Danita. And and also I think Tracy, I, I can't see the name, but that's when you see me waving, I'm not going crazy. I'm just commenting and saying hi to people. But you're getting a lot of kudos and applause for that. On oh, this show, okay. we're very interactive. So you'll see me sometimes jump from here and I'll just ask, you know, comment on something to you that okay. they're saying. Yeah. So so what we do um as 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 people in this in this country is try to give back as mm-hmm. people of the world give back people of the universe the creator give back you're right. a very giving back person being in the the educational profession number one um is just truly amazing you know you're you're, you're preparing minds for the world sowing seeds right. you know and then they go out into the world and do that thing right you're and independent that's, that's where i'm blessed yes you're independent um yep my, my my son, he's 31, Logan, and he is a musician performer. He's traveled all across the country and the world for his uh, craft. Matter of fact, he's got new music coming out this year. Awesome. Uh, he's, he graduated from Evangel University in 2016. So um, he's been on his own for 10 years. And, and my daughter, who's 16, she's got that entrepreneurial spirit. She's got her own clothing line called Hot Tamale and Bubble Girl. She's okay. got a 3.42 GPA. She's had her own little job since she was 14. Um, we're working on helping her buy her first car. So I, I took what my parents gave to me and I instilled it into my own children. Yeah. And then I took that to move it out into education for other children because Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'.
Sip into the fall season with the $3 medium pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusion apply. Valid on pumpkin spice signature latte only in all cold foam cold brew. Life gets more magical when you dream. So dream of a Disney cruise filled with magic and wonder. <laughs> Hiya, pal! Sail from Florida to Disney's private island paradise and get ready for a dream come true with Disney Cruise Line. I just tell people... Look at what I've done as the template, um, you know, because I know people think, you know, words are cheap. Talk is cheap. I just tell people, look at, at look at the people that I've, I've helped. And then you make your decisions uh, from there. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's beautiful. I think because, you know, I have a lot of educators on, you know, another friend of mine, Dr. Tawana Anthony, and, you know, she's in the education field and a lot of people are coming from that place. And and I'm glad, um, you know, there's a, a voice that allows you to speak to that because we do have problems in the Afro-American community, which is mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I love doing this show. I'm always trying to reach um, and, and, and reach into places where people might not want to vent you when it right. comes to telling the truth. You know, and and being a, a woman of the spirit, you know, telling the truth is what it's really all about. And right. we as black people need to understand that and be willing to accept our flaws and move on because we didn't cause everything to go wrong. But then right. some things we bring on ourselves, just like every other race, you know, and I'm not racist mm-hmm. at all. So it's kind of cool. So now let's jump a little bit forward. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing this thing and you're a professor. So how did you get into um, and again, we're hanging out with Dr. Heidi, um, you know, HJ Entertainment, um, you know, and I'm so blessed to have her on my show right here on IBMTV.TV, Funk Music with Zach. So how did you get into the music thing as far as from a management booking kind of point of view? Um, well, I've always sang. I've sang professionally since I was seven years old. Okay. I've done, you know, gospel with my sister and my cousins, my mother and her baby sister, Aunt Bill. Mm-hmm. Aunt Bill uh, were, um, you know, they were the driving leading force. All of my cousins, we all sang. I mean, we all okay. sang. Okay. It's in so your blood. I, yeah. So I started <laughs> off that way, and then I was in girls groups. I uh, was in a girls group uh, called Smooth Point with my sister and I. My sister and I have always been in most of the girls groups together, uh, except mm-hmm. for the, the, nine, uh, the 90s. So uh, singing professionally. And then in 1992, um, I started uh, managing my sister's girls group called Onyx Pearl. Okay. They opened up for Big Bub and... and um, the Kansas City Expo, they were the opening act for the beginning of the Expo, uh, Black Entertainment Night at the um, the, the uh, Kansas City Expo downtown. It was like 5,000 plus people were there. Wow, wow, they yeah. Did, you know, shows around Kansas City, Missouri. And mm-hmm. then um, I've known the gentleman in low key. Um, all of us go back to high school. I mean, 1980, okay. 1981. And uh, Darren Story uh, tapped me. He started a company called Skinhorn Artist Management Group. And he tapped me to be the operations manager. So um, I handled operations and logistics for uh, Tech Nine. If anybody's familiar with Tech Nine, mm-hmm, uh, Aaron Dantes Yates. Um, then the group was known as Nuthouse. And Darren, along with Lance Alexander, 
from Low Key got them a record deal with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on Perspective Records, uh, Flight Time, and uh, they were known as Nuthouse. So we did um, Exposure 92, uh, then Exposure 93. We had Houdini and um, a lot of other of the, the great uh, musicians and groups from the late 80s, early 90s uh, down there. So that's what got me my start on the business side. Um, okay. And having been a professional singer and um, singing back up and, and things like that, I am uniquely qualified for booking because I understand the ins and outs of it, uh, the rigors of the road, um, especially if you're an up and coming artist and you don't have a tour bus or, or you don't have a lot of money backing you, you are on your own, you know, yeah, you're, you're that's using right. your vehicle, you're using your gas, um, uh, insurance, keeping your cars or however you're doing it up and running. So when you're doing festivals, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours away, um, those are all things that, you know, have to be thought of. And I think a lot of musicians, they don't see that. They just see the artistry and getting out there on stage and making the music and being creative and performing the music. They don't, I won't say they necessarily don't understand the business side, Mm -hmm. They don't really, um, I'm not sure if not caring is the right word either. They're just not concerned about it. They, let, their let, mindset is that that'll take care of itself. Yeah, let me ask a question. Where Where are you originally from? Because I know when I met you, you were in the Missouri area, I think, right? Or yeah, Kansas, Kansas City. City. So where, where are you originally from? I'm originally from. Uh, the funk capital of the world, Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Ohio. I knew it. The funk capital of the world. Bootsy so Collins would be happy to hear that. So, yes. yeah, um, um, we hung out with like the Rude Boys from Cleveland. Um, Michael Wave, you know, his hit single, Instant Replay, You and Me, One More, Play Me Another Love Song, One More. So, I mean, that uh, my sister did backup stuff and oh my gosh uh the guys from the the deal you know babyface and um i'm face friends with carlos green so uh every now and then you know he and i chat about stuff and um oh my goodness um yeah just a lot of the the greats you know coming out of ohio that you know that uh cleveland dayton cincinnati yeah. area jazz band and all of them ohio players yeah you know yep, that, yep, that Roger. Whole... We yep. went to a wedding. Uh, oh, my Lord, have mercy. We went to a wedding, my sister, my cousin, and it was a member of uh, Roger's family. One of his cousins were getting married. And right, we right. saw that brother come in with this glittery red uh, tux on, the bow tie, red bow tie, white shirt. We were like, Roger, Roger, just come on now. This is not your day, sir. <laughs> but, you know, you know, you got all of them. I got somebody is asking Cheryl, they want you to sing for them right now. Uh, you can put on the spot because <laughs> you uh, sang. I, 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 you can think about it. Get back to me on that one in a minute. All right. Because I'm going to continue gospel? this. Can it be gospel? You can be anything you want. Okay. This is well, your show. Right now. Okay. Go this for song, it. This song I debuted in 1999 at my church. Oh, this uh, is good. Marvelous. Um, okay. I will sing your praise for you have done such a marvelous thing for someone so wretched 
yet my soul you have redeemed. No one else could do it. No one could care half as much. Yet you thought my soul was worth it. Mm -hmm. Yet you gave your only son. That's what's up. You know what? That's that's a beautiful thing. Like I said, we do such an interactive show. And uh, this is the first time somebody ever said somebody should sing. So you know what? Right. You, you're the first. You're like Camilla. You're the first, you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> there have been a lot of firsts in my family. I come hey, from that's all good. with a lot of firsts. That's all good. So, so let me ask you, right? Um, now that people really understand who you are a little bit on this show. And again, we're hanging out with the amazing, you know, good friend of mine. We've been friends. Um, you know, and she does the booking for the Nappy Head Funk Army and, um, you know, Dr. Heidi, you know, she likes to be called, but, you know, um, she she's an amazing, beautiful spirit. And and you personify what we have on this show. And I really, really appreciate your time. And I know you're an hour behind us, so I know it's a little bit earlier. So, again, I, I want to say thank you. Um, thank you. When you, when you talk about and to, to young people out there that's listening and to people in the business, um, when you talk about the musician, not the, the pure artistry of it all, um, you know, and that's a very good point because a lot of us, myself included, don't really dock your eyes across the T's on the business. So that's why we have people like you in our lives, because we're always thinking about, oh, well, I got to make this song. I got to do this. And now that I'm older, I understand that side of the business a lot more. And I'm so glad you said that. That's so important. Um, you have to know the business side as well as the entertainment side. You Correct. Know? And, and when you when you um, bring on an artist, besides the artist that you have, um, what are some of the things that you tell them? And I'm saying pre-COVID. We'll get into post-COVID in a minute. But pre-COVID... Right. You know, if I was an artist and I'm coming on and I'm like, hey, you know, Dr. Heidi, I want to, you know, be down with you. And, you know, um, what are some things that you could tell, you know, young artists out there as far as, you know, trying to get into um, this business? Um, It's a long road. It can be a hard road. In the beginning, it is a thankless road. Um, <sighs> record labels out there are doing more with distribution, working with independent labels. Uh, a lot of your record labels aren't uh, investing the way they used to in artists back in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s. Uh, because, you know, let's face it, your product, that's what you are, your product to them, because they're going to look at you in their, in their market and their demographic. If you can make them money against what they are investing in you, and if they don't see the buy-in to where you they can make back their money within a year to two years of the interest, I don't do artist development. Um, that's not what I'm in it for. Um, you have to have a fan base and a following. And one of my artists has um, endorsements. He's a drummer, uh, Jonathan Henry. He's out in Las Vegas. And he has um, endorsements with some of the top um drum companies in, in the nation, you know, uh, uh, Drumex, Tamex, um, Tama, 
I know uh, it had Yamaha, so that Yamaha, too. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you have to have a good following. You have to be able to fill at least 85% of the house. If you cannot fill at least 85% of the house, have a following on all social media platforms. And I'm not talking about five or 600. I'm not talking about five or 6,000. I'm talking about 30,000 plus. If you don't have that, you're not going to make it. Or you can do little rooms that maybe have 50 people. And I'm telling you, these small venues that have uh, 125, 150 seats, uh, you know, at fire capacity, they want to know you can fill the room. And I'm not talking about their clients. You know, they, they have their built-in clients that come to see them, that hang out in their spaces all the time, especially if they're known for bringing in good live music. Don't use another venue's um, clientele to jump you off. That's not going to work. You're going to be really disappointed. Um, and those talent buyers and booking agents are going to want to know, okay, can you fill my house above and beyond what we have that come each week? You have to show that you are a moneymaker. If you can't show that, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how wonderful a musician you are, your talent, how uh, creative you are, how wonderful you look in pictures or on the stage. They're not going <laughs> to book you. And that's fact. They're, they're, just, they're just not going to book you. They're just not going to do it. And, and, and that is the, the fact of it. Uh, and, and the scary thing is um, a lot of these venues want live music. They want good entertainment locally and some of them will spread out regionally but still for local entertainment it's what two maybe to five hundred dollars if that you know and for you to be able to have a good following you know uh to plug their business as well as what you're doing when you're doing your flyers your digital flyers they want to know that you're a good risk and mm -hmm. And even if, like I said, if $500, if you're a, uh, a 125 seat venue and, you know, you've got your, your food and drink, you're maybe making five grand a week. So, which is, you know, 10% of your budget to, you yeah. know, to spend $500 a, a week or a weekend on entertainment. So most smaller venues only set aside 10 to 20% of their operating capital uh, for entertainment. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these smaller venues are moving back to DJs. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's more lucrative for them. It's more uh, profitable and it just makes economic sense. Tracy from SEG TV um, agrees with everything you're saying um, about, you know, artists, you know, being more or less like just product and it's about the numbers you know i'm dealing with that right now we're starting to do some other stuff you know shoot a, a, an off-brand thing from this particular show and my saturday show and you know building our own network and first thing we talked about you know was numbers how do we get these numbers everything right now is numbers it doesn't mean or likes it doesn't necessarily mean all of these people are down with you it just looks like that on paper which makes it better but i think going forward and then you know you can you can chime in here um as we now have to pivot and that's going to be my next thing that i was going to get into you with about as we pivot 
And as independent artists pivot, where you have your own um, record label and you own your own masters and you you have your publishing. I always tell people, I'm with BMI. I, I, I had CSAC for years, I'm with BMI. So what happens is make sure if nothing else, you know, if you're a writer out there, you know, just make sure you have your own publishing company, BMI, ASCAP, um, CSAC, whatever, because, hi, Linda Marie, how you doing, sweetie? Um, because that's a foundation that they can never take from you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and then now on the on the entertainment side of it, you know, if you're playing your songs on stage or you're trying to, like you said, piggyback off of a venue, say like a festival and, and it's like 10 bands there or whatever, it's kind of easy to sell your merchandise and product because like you just so eloquently said, the, the people are already there. So starting to grow that whole thing sometimes takes time. I always tell people, don't get discouraged because there are many different paths, especially nowadays, to get to where we got to go. So tell us, um, HJ Entertainment, um, how are you guys faring um, because of COVID? And tell us a little bit about your plans and how you plan to pivot your business to make it more um, social media um friendly because of COVID. You know what I mean? Like right. the virtual part of your business. How did you guys pivot, you know, uh, to make that work and going forward? Well, my promotions partner, uh, Cassandra Askew, her company is Life and Entertainment with Gina Heels. Mm -hmm. And she does something very similar like you. She does her weekly podcast, her uh, weekly interviews with different artists and things like that throughout the uh, United States, the world. She recently signed on with Comcast, awesome. SOD on the on demand, Roku, yeah. Fire Stick. So she has a two million plus uh, followers. You know, wow. that's I what's up. Good for her. Uh, for my artists, and then just for my business alone. Um, COVID, I've probably lost about would have been about $30,000 in revenue from Sorry. booking yeah. Uh, because I have two acts, uh, Ernest Walker Jr., uh, who's a, a saxophonist, jazz fusion saxophonist out of the Florida area. I book festivals for him that pay him anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000. He does the, the bigger jazz festivals and things like that, you know, the, the weekend things that have 15 to 20,000 people that come throughout the weekend. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, there's Ricky Fontaine. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Fontaine, you know, did, um, he was on Virgin EMI for several years. Um, just Google him. Uh, he did uh, one of the soundtracks uh, for the uh, movie uh, Robots that came out in the 90s. Uh, he's been on Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Conan, mm -hmm. uh, Jay Leno. Um, he, I can book him in the twenty-five to fifty thousand dollar range, and then, uh, the, and then you know, working with you, getting you all, you know, and that those yeah. festivals. So major festivals, major venues, the ones that I book, that, that that's done. I'm sorry to hear that. That's um, out the window. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm so sorry to happening. hear that. Did that's COVID offer happening. your company any relief? Because I know there's a, a no, pandemic, unemployment. No, I'm self-employed. I'm a sole member LLC and I don't have employees. So okay. since I don't have employees and it's just me, 
I did not qualify for the COVID See? release. And that's wrong. That's wrong. I'm going to tell you right now that's wrong. Because so many people were already doing independent things like yourself. So you, as far as I'm concerned, the government needs to hook you up. Because you are a small business. And not just you, many. You are a small business. Because you, you've you done it. You got As long as any business is paying taxes in this country, this is my pet peeve. If you're paying taxes, I don't care if you're a business of one to zero. You should get your right. fair share right. back to put back into your business. Your right. blood, sweat, and tears, your hard work, um, the hours and many sleepless hours. And trust me, I know of, of this business, you know. And let me tell you, I'm proud of you for persevering and not giving up. Please don't give up. Oh, not just for myself. Don't I, ever I, give I mean, up. You know, things happen. Mm -hmm. Things happen. That's called life. Yep, uh, yep. That's the way that is. I've just told, you know, my artists are doing other things. Uh, my drummer, uh, Jonathan Henry, and his mm -hmm. band, uh, the Intuitive Soul Band, uh, he does a weekly po a podcast in the park mm -hmm. where he invites local musicians there in the Vegas area to come out and just have a nice jam outside in the let's park. Let's get him on. Let's get him on the show. Yeah, I was, I was telling you I was going to get with you to get him on yeah, there. Let's get him on. That's a setup. And he can play but, live? Uh, that's fine. And he does that, and then he does like a small Q&A. It's about a 25-minute a, a program once a yeah. week. Mm -hmm. uh, my singer, Trinity Starr, Trinity Marquis, she's also uh, out of Vegas. She won the uh, International Karaoke Competition for 2020, uh, was in the top three. So she's just honing her skills, working on her costuming, working on her show, getting that down. Uh, the same thing with Ricky and... Um, Adrian Bartholomew, uh, he's from Trinidad, Taba uh, Tobago. So people are just, you know, working on their shows, doing other things, good, doing, uh, virtual things, internet things, uh, uh, you know, just things of that nature because they they already know um, this uh, entertainment is going to be the last to come back. It just yeah. is, just because yeah, it's a people oriented business. Mm -hmm. We hug, kiss, mwah, mwah. everybody likes being close. Yes, yes, you yes. Know, um, that's I missed that of that business. So I missed that and, so much. And it's just not going to come back unless you're willing to go into smaller venues. But yep. I tell musicians now, and and heed me and heed my words closely. Before you go into a small venue, look at their social media, see what the crowd is doing, what's their um, COVID protocol as far as keeping you safe as the yep. musician. I've seen too many places where. The, the patrons are half wearing their masks, not wearing them at all. And the venues really aren't practicing social distancing. That's right. And I get it. And please be aware, musicians, that a lot of these smaller venues, they have to have insurance, right? You have to have insurance to operate and, and do your business. Uh, you have to be licensed with the fire department, the police. There's a lot of uh, detailed city uh, paperwork you have to have in place. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. You did it. You woke up today. You even got out of bed. 
You deserve a reward. We can't all be morning people, but we can all get McDonald's for breakfast. Right now, mix and match a chicken McGriddles or a McChicken biscuit for just three bucks. Order ahead on the Mickey D's app. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Mobile order and pay at participating McDonald's. Place to operate a business, and right. that includes having insurance. And a lot of these places are not buying additional insurance to cover COVID. So you perform at your own risk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you have to be aware of that you're performing at your own risk. Yeah. And that's the question you have to ask yourself and nothing against the small business owner. They have a right to survive like anyone else. But just be aware that, you know, they're you're going to come in there and perform at your own risk. So you have to decide if two to $500 for four hours worth of work with a 15 minute break in between is worth that to you. And a lot of these venues don't, don't give you any type of per diem. So you can get tea, water and soda for free, but they're not going to comp you a meal. They're not going to comp you an alcoholic beverage. So now you have to, break it down okay it's covid there they don't have covid insurance i play at my own risk for two to five hundred dollars for four hours no food yep. no drink you know what and i'm so glad you said that again here we are with the amazing fabulous beautiful entrepreneurship, Dr. Heidi Wilkerson, HJ Entertainment. She's breaking it down, giving you guys some valuable nuggets. Um, we got a lot of interaction on the thread and I appreciate all you guys for chiming in. And, and, and because this is very important because people really have to understand that information is out here. It's just how you have to go find to get it. And I hope everybody watching this show understands, you know, we always try to, um, give you positive affirmation and education. So if you're out there watching around the world, know that we love you. Um, hi, Showbiz62, how you doing? Know that we love you. Um, so so I'm glad you said that because you know what I thought about? And this is this is true. Going into any venue, especially say a medium-sized, smaller venue. Like when I was doing drums down here in North Carolina, you know, we played at the Lincoln Theater and places like that, 1,000, 2,000 people, whatever. That was with my, that wasn't with Nap Hit, that was with a funk band. Mm -hmm. So I thought now with COVID, how do people clean their equipment? Just something as simple as that. You know, you go into a place, you're there all night, right? You mm -hmm. play. Like you said, you got to risk people not adhering to social media distancing, no masks. You know, no matter what you do, you're not going to get paid your worth in that venue. No. And then you got to hope that you don't catch COVID and bring it back to the people you love. Right. And the first thing I thought about is like, well, what about my equipment? As a musician, I'm like, I'd have to clean my equipment too. You right. know what you I do. mean? And, and I tell singers, bring your own mic. Yes, yes. I have my yes. own mic. Yes, I have yes. my own mic, my yes. own stand, my own cord. I set up my mics and everything. I plug yep. into the PA system. And when I'm done... I sanitize because I mean, you've, you know, they'll have people depending on where you perform. And we had that one time where we were performing. Somebody just got up and took my mic. And I was like, I'm like, uh uh, don't you? I, and you can take your mics apart. I had to take my mic apart, sanitize it, let it sanitize. And yep. I am not afraid to tell people, don't touch my mic. 
Yep, that, yep. That's mine. You know what? I, I, I this, this is true. I used to do this all the time, especially in New York City. A lot of the clubs, they already have a back line. So right. we used to do two gigs, three gigs a night sometimes. And I always brought my own mic. People used to laugh at me. I always brought my own SM58, right? Because I love the 58. And, and they'd be like, why you bring your own mic? I was like, well, there's been thousands of people singing through this microphone or, you know, forever right. how long they've been there. I said, why do I want to be all up on it? And and it's, it's these are the little things that I love when I engage in conversation right. with people like you because it just validates, you know, our right. mindset and where we're going. As a, as a black woman in a, in a man-dominated world, I want you to tell me, your your ferociousness because I know you broke through. You're here. You're doing it. So I want you to tell me how you got ferocious on them. I've always been in male-dominated industries. Even in my prof professional life uh, working in warehouse distribution transportation management, mm -hmm. it's a male-dominated um, industry. It always has been. Uh, and even in entertainment, um, uh, you know, and there are more and more women just women, period, on the behind the scenes part of entertainment. Yes. So that's 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 a good thing. But um, I, you know, hand out my business card and uh, when I was uh, booking in Kansas City, and you know, and I would have you know um, men so give them my business card. I'm like, they're like, so are you single? I'm like, excuse me. Right. Are you single? I'm like, well, what does that have to do with booking my artists? We were, we were talking business. We weren't talking about my personal life. So I don't understand the, the missive or or wanting to know if I'm single. How is that relevant? I mean, well, you know, I was just asking you're a beautiful woman. And I just want to know, you know, you're intelligent. You seem to got your own. And are you single? I'm like, well, you know what? Here, let me take that back. Right. Let me get my business card back because I have to pay for those. <laughs> and you come to me when you're ready to talk business because I don't have time for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um good for you. I, good I'm for done you. with that one. Uh nice meeting you. Um, it was a pleasure. And I turn around and I walk away because I don't have time for that. Good for you. Um, I just don't have time for that. And um uh, anybody who tries to bring the personal in and you don't even know me yet. And this is your first handshake and first meeting with me. And we're all grown. And most of us are over the age of 40. Come on now. It's, it's yeah. totally inappropriate. Exactly. It's exactly. For, exactly. And, it, and it doesn't exactly. serve you. Exactly. 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 You know what? And I'm glad you said that because, you know, I always try to look at things from both sides of the fence. And in an age where over the past 30, 40 years, women have been stepping more and more to the forefront. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as the business management side, I, I'm, you know, really, you know, close with um, Peppermint Patty and she's, all, you know, her and I chat from time to time and I'm a club function ambassador for her and Bootsy. And, you know, that's one of the things I admire about her because, you know, Bootsy, he's doing his thing, but, you know, right. she's right behind him doing that thing. And, and, and for all you women out there, just know that there are men like me out there that actually do care about your well-being. And, and, and we're never going to be that chauvinistic type thing because some of us just weren't raised like that. And, um, you know, I, I applaud any woman of any color doing anything positive uh, because, you know, again, I got two daughters, 12 and 16. So I, I try to think about that too. And, and as we, um, 
And here we are hanging out with the amazing Dr. Heidi. Um, you know, we're going to have you coming back for sure. We're going to have you bring your artists back on the show, too, so we can get together and do something, you know, at your at your convenience, of course. Um, tell us a little bit about when you develop your, um, I don't want to say skill because it's a gift. It's not a skill. But your gift of understanding people when it comes to dealing with artists and their egos. Um, ah! I got to hit this. You know I'm going to hit this. How how do you manage those things that we as artists and people go through? That craziness. It's not, and it's not intentional. But how do you deal with all of that and keep it all together and still get your business done? Um, first of all, in this business, you got to have a thick skin. Yeah, you, you do. just got to. You just got to. That's that. You just got to have a thick skin. About yeah, you do. Yeah, you uh, do. Don't take it personal because, you yeah. know, uh, you just can't take it personal. Um, and I've had artists who've done their diva thing, be totally unprofessional, cuss people out, and, um, Lord Jesus, cuss people out and at the venue. And do all kind of stuff. Tell folk that you know you're beneath me, and yada yada yada, and this and that and the other. And you know you have to start thinking because if you have artists who don't know how to control themselves, and and as a booking agent, I'm not gonna do that because you're grown, and you ought to be able to know how to be professional and act professional. And that environment that you're in, it's not up to me to tell another grown person how to act. What I will do is just drop you mm -hmm. at the end of the year contract. Um, I will be like, thank you uh, for the past year. There were some great times. There were some not great times. The cons outweighed the pros. And... Um, your behavior is affecting my business to where I can't book you anywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't yeah. book you anywhere. Yeah. And then people will start to associate you with that. Yes. Artist. Yes. yes. It doesn't matter how you are. Yep. They will start to associate with the, with that artist. So if you're like, well, I represent Joe Blow. Oh, is that Joe Blow? Yeah, he's represented by Dr. Heidi Wilkinson. Yeah, she's professional. Yeah, but you know, mm, I, I just I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. And I've had people who have told me if you continue booking this certain artist or whatever the case may be, we don't want to work with you. And right. it's not because we don't appreciate you and your professionalism, but if you don't have enough sense to realize this person is bringing you down and bringing your business down, we don't want to be bothered. So uh, if, if, if you as the booking agent, you're not advancing that artist you work with in a positive light and mm -hmm. doing good work and they in turn are not representing you in the positive light uh, as the performer, then that's a situation that has to be re-examined and addressed. And just like any corporate job will fire you if, if it doesn't work or you decide you have to leave because it doesn't work, it's the same way. A business is a business is a business. That's right. I don't that's care right. what you're doing. 
what style of business that you have. If the partnerships don't work for whatever reason, then you have to drop those partnerships. And that's just the, the, the way of it. And, 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 and move on with it as best you can, because you don't want artists bringing your business down to where you're having to rebuild relationships. And I'm not, I'm not going to mention any names, but um, I'm having to rebuild certain relationships uh, in, in Las Vegas. Um, There were people like, as long as you're working with that particular artist, we don't want to work with you. Yeah. And you're not talking about that privately, you know, that that stays there, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Those are things you have to do. So, uh, you know, move on, you know, everybody's going to do their thing. Everybody's going to work to what level you work. That's, that's strictly on you, but um, just, just don't be afraid to uh, walk away from a situation that is not working uh, professionally or financially. That's right. And you know, I'm glad you said that because again, we're hanging out with Dr. Heidi, HJ Entertainment, um, and she also books the Nappy Head Funk Army. So y'all keep that in mind. All right. So when we come out, we ain't just, we didn't just pop out there. We actually do have a plan <laughs> as soon as we can get back to, to right. what we do. But I, and I, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you. And, and the reason I asked you that question is because I see so many um, people in this business and you know egos aside um they seem to take things for granted and i think one thing COVID has taught us it doesn't matter what business you're in don't take nothing for granted so you can't be all of that and 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 ruin someone else's reputation and i think that's very foul that people sometimes don't consider like she or he represents us and we represent he or she. It's like a it's like a, a marriage between a booking agent and a band, or a booking agent and an entertainer, solo band, whatever. And and um, so far, I know for me personally in life, I've been pretty blessed. I did have my one time that I told you about privately, where you know somebody was stealing from us. But other than that, I've always God has always steered me towards really great people such as yourself. Um, and we got a little time left. We're hanging out with Dr. Heidi Wilkinson. What I do, um, I, I'd like to bring and, and thank, first of all, my director and producer, Mr. Mark Lee. I'd like to bring him on for a hot second because Mark always has an interesting question after he's listened to our, our show. So I usually bring Mr. Mark Lee in right about now, the man with the greatest radio voice in the history of radio. Mark, you met Heidi earlier, you know, Dr. Heidi, um, you know, this amazing black, beautiful entrepreneurship woman um, dominating in her business, um, doing all these great things with a wonderful family. Um, You know, so tell us, Mark, what do you have for Dr. Heidi? Well, there were a couple of things that she was saying that were really striking me that I've actually had a pleasure of talking about to a number of folks in the entertainment world and all of that, because I've uh, had a conversation with you, Zach, and with a number of other folks even here on this platform about how a lot of times our 
entertainers don't always think about the business side of a business. And that is definitely something that Heidi was uh, definitely uh, highlighting a lot in this conversation that she was having with you. And I don't care whether it's visual artists or performing artists or a number of others. There are a lot of times they're very much concentrated on the talent side. And there's nothing wrong with the talent side. The talent side is very important, but they don't always understand the importance of having a uh, person, whether that's an agent, whether that's a manager, whether that's somebody else like that, that is able to um, concentrate for them on the business side. And I do find that oftentimes on a number of folks, even some old blues heads that I know, we're not necessarily the best in terms of the business sense and things of that nature. Now, the negative side of that is that sometimes folks will see that and they will use it as a uh, way to kind of like exploit folks and things of that nature. And I can tell that Heidi is not that type, but I have seen some folks that have done that in the blues world where they might see an older artist and realize that they don't have the business acumen and they will take advantage of those kind of artists and things of that nature. So I'd love to hear Heidi uh, maybe make some comments on that because there are some folks that are less scrupulous on the management side. I can tell that Heidi is a wonderful manager, but there are some folks out there that will definitely take advantage of the artists and you know they might offer them an opportunity to help with the rent or the help with a number of other things that sometimes our blues folks need and things along that line but then they are actually pocketing a lot of the money more than they would need to actually get in terms of representative fees we do know that the manager and the people in this field and i have done this work as well as uh, zach can tell you i've actually worked with a number of festivals here in north carolina and i'm actually on the board of the carolina theater which is actually right now in the process of being shut down because of COVID. i don't think we'll be coming back till the uh, fiscal year and that's assuming that things actually happen the way that they should it might even be that we're out of commission for the entire year but I would love to hear your thoughts about how sometimes there are less than scrupulous folks that do take advantage of people, particularly I'll just be blunt. A lot of times it's folks in the white society that are the ones that are taking advantage of our black artists. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about that, both historically and even currently. Um, well, first of all, artists need to understand your product, right? right. Just like uh, a manager or a booking agent uh, or a record label, will 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 push that product that talent buyer that venue they're always looking like okay what am i getting for my investment if i'm gonna pay this artist this product two or three thousand dollars for a 45 minute show what are they gonna do are you going to help with the advertising are you going to help with digital flyer release are you going to do some type of um uh, offer where, you know, you do a meet and greet or buy one ticket, get one free or couples ticket, whatever the case may be. And read your paperwork, right. read your contract. Just because somebody's throwing $3,000 in your face, you're like, oh my God, I'm normally used to making 300 and now I'm getting ready to make two or 3000 Still read the contract. Um, get paid. 50% up front, 10 days after the contract is signed. Right. Because anybody who is a major festival, a talent buyer, they're not going to quibble about that. Well, okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. You know, if they're like, oh, oh can, can you give me like 45 days? Can you give me like 60 days? Uh, <laughs> you don't want to deal with that. Because they don't have, they don't have their financing in place. Right. They don't have their marketing plan in place. They don't have their business partnerships in place. They're just not in place. So 
you know, if, if a, if a festival, a concert, a corporate gig, a private show cannot give you 50% upfront in a cashier's check, not company check, cashier's check within 10 days of signing the contract, don't do it because they're not for real. They're, they, they would like to be, and that's great, but they still have a lot of work to do before they can do that as well. Um, just realize there are a lot of good musicians are out here and there are talent buyers and uh, venue owners who see you all as a dime a dozen. Right. They, they, you can, they can get good local artists who play for a hundred bucks and mm-hmm. a pizza mm-hmm. and, and a pitcher of beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just yeah. will. So don't sell yourself short, okay? I understand of wanting to build a following, get your name out there, but pick and choose how you do it. Look at your demographic. Look at your marketing uh, strategy. Look at the city that you're in and the music that you're doing. Does that music fit where I'm living? Is there a market for the music that I'm doing? Uh, especially if it's original material. Um, unless you've got a 30 plus thousand following and they will, they just love you to death. You could, you could spit and they're going to be, ah, he spit, she spit. You know, be careful about introducing um, original music out there too. Um, you, you, you just got to be careful, do your homework if check to see if they're a member of the Better Business Bureau, check to see if they are a licensed S corporation or a LLC. I am an LLC, which is a um, limited liability corporation sole member. Uh, you need to know if they're not willing to invest in their business and get an EIC number and be registered with the IRS, mm-hmm. then don't deal with them because they if they can't invest in their themselves and make themselves a reputable business why would you want to perform unless it's a private show why would you want to do that anyway that's right and that's a very good way to put it mark we're getting ready to get out of here because we're at the top of the hour um do want to get back to days a while before we end ourselves i'm going to get and thank you so much mark lee our director producer um heidi you're welcome to stay on the other side of the hour if you like um there's a round table that comes on ibm.tv um but what i wanted to ask you one last final thought going forward on 2021 mm-hmm. um you know just give us your final thought on going forward 2021 what would you say to people out there that are in this business and with all this valuable information you gave us today i am grateful for you dr heidi but what would you tell people your final thought pivoting in 2021 stay diligent stay mindful stay prayerful hone your professional and your business skills this is the perfect time to do it there's you can google there's too many free services that will educate you on the business end of entertainment uh if you've got a pretty good you might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately yep sprint stores are now t-mobile stores now that sprint is t-mobile you get more coverage value and benefits than ever before We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. 
From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Life gets a lot more magical when you dream. So let's dream of a vacation unlike any other. A magical Disney cruise. <laughs> Hiya, pal. Where new stories meet tales as old as time. Enchanté, mon ami. And your family will be cared for the moment you step aboard. Sail from Florida to Disney's private island paradise and get ready for a dream come true with Disney Cruise Line. Following. Start a podcast, you know. Go out. Do something weekly. I mean, we've got too much social media and too many ways to be interactive to where your fan base doesn't have to see you at all. So, you know, if you're wanting to do original music, you know, get in the studio, um, write your music, hone that music, get in the studio, uh, put some stuff out there on Spotify. There's too many platforms, uh, music platforms where you can put your music out there. Get a feel for what the your audience is saying. If you're growing a new fan base, take this time to slow it down and really, really look at what we're doing. And then so when late 2021, early 2022 comes in, you'll be ready to rock. Um, just watch how you do the small venues. Yeah. Okay. It's not that they are not reputable, but they're just not going to pay you your value and your worth. They, they just never will. Don't undercut another artist so you can be on that stage. Do business right. Stop being funky and unprofessional out here. Work on that. And I love that. Thank you. Because those words right there um, will resonate. And you and I both have, you know, talked about private stuff. Do business right. And here we are. Thank you, IBM.TV. Thank you, Dr. Heidi, for hanging with us today. Thank you. Always, I oh, God, yes, you're going to come back. And when you come back, please bring your artists. We'll set yes. something up. Um, you know, and, and all the people that followed you, the Sherilyn House and Tracy and, um, you know, Shawana and Danita and, you know, um, the other gentleman that came on, I forgot his name, but you know, a lot of people that watch this show, they understand I'm trying to give positive information. I have positive people like you on the show all the time and it makes my day so much better. Um, it's been a pleasure. HJ entertainment. You guys look her up. She's on Facebook, all the social media outlets. You can find her. Um, she's credible. She's reputable. Um, she also works for Nappy Head, and Nappy Head works for her. Was signed with her. This is my booking agent right here, so you guys know that. So you know, um, and it's been a beautiful relationship so far. I couldn't ask for a better friend and somebody I can pick up the phone and say, "Hey, hey Heidi, hey, how you doing?" We, we need more of that. We need more of that, especially even before COVID. Yes, uh, we do. I just think COVID has really highlighted some things that we, as a society, are going to have to work on. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well said. Thank you. Um, you welcome to hang out. But we're gonna get out of here. Mark, go ahead and run that promo, and then I can run my Prince thing in honor of Hank Aaron today. I wore my Negro Leagues hat. Um, we did lose one of the great ones that I have on my New York Mets jersey in honor of Hammer and Hank, number 44, the greatest home run hitter of all time. Um, no matter what Barry Bonds did or whatever, 
It's Hank Aaron. We lost him. And we also lost last night, Mr. Larry King. Larry yes, King yes, was, was the most influential talk show. Mm -hmm. Some people say Stern, and I get Stern, Howard Stern. And then, but for me, it's Larry King. You know, CNN wouldn't be CNN without him. All right. Uh, the owner of CNN said, they asked him one day, hey, you know, what were some of your greatest accomplishments? He said, well, starting CNN and hiring Larry King. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's the power that man had. He could talk to anybody. Rest in right. peace, Larry King. If you got a loved one out there, we love you. Um, please stay safe. Make sure you always have your hand sanitizer. And make sure you always have your mask. And I would like to thank IBM.TV.TV Dollar Store and Lynn Shepard. Okay, and also um, StreamYard. Thank you, StreamYard. We love you. Platform's great. I use it all the time. And we're going to get out of here um, right now. I just want to let everybody know. We're going to do a little roll call. See where everybody is right now. If you're out there, know that we love you. And we want everybody to stay funky, stay safe. New York, Detroit, D.C., Florida, North, South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, New Orleans, Texas, Utah, Ohio, Indiana, where you at? I see y'all doing that step, Cheryl, I feel you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Australia, Germany. Woo. Yes, we love you. Down under. India, what's up, Ed Kit? I knew you and your family in Dubois are partying with us right here on Funk Music with that. West Coast, we love you, West Coast, because you're the best coast. You know what we're talking about? Yes, up in Washington. Lisa, I love you over there. I love you. All the people around the world and my hometown, New York City. We're going to get out of here. Woo! We love you. Stay tuned. IBM.TV. Bye-bye, Heidi. I feel y'all out there. Yeah, yeah. I got my pearls and my purple, y'all. This is how we go out. I love y'all. It's been a great show. Funk from the front seat and funk music with Zach, y'all. Y'all have a good one out there. It's been a great show. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dr. Heidi, HK Entertainment. Um, bless your heart. You got my heart. I got your back 100%. Nobody better ever not mess with you because I'm bringing a funk army if they do. You feel ah, me? Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs>
Thank you so much, Mark. David Brooks, how you doing? Um, on the other side of the glass right now, I'm going to let Mark take it, and you can run with it. Mark, you've been amazing. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you. Hi, uh, you were great, great conversation and all of that. Hopefully we're going to hear from some of the folks from IBM TV. I know that I'd heard that um, definitely Kim may pop in and there may be another guest popping in as well. But right now we're just going to continue the conversation going and all of that. I know that Zach may need to take at least a little bit of a breather and everything, but I'm hoping that you can at least stick around for yeah, a little yeah. bit, Heidi, and yeah, everything. But yeah. one of the things that I, I was vacation, so I took some vacation days. So I'm at home chilling. But what I am gonna do, I'm gonna put my hair up. So I'll be right back. All right, sounds good. So she's gonna go do that. Go take care of, uh, get herself in that order and everything. And like I said, we're definitely hoping that uh, she'll come back, and a number of other folks will come and join us as well in our conversation. And all of that has been some amazing conversations that have taken place. And of course, a lot of folks are paying attention to what's going on in the world. As a matter of fact, I was amazed earlier today that somebody was having a conversation about the fact that um, President Biden was wearing a Rolex and they were trying to make a big deal out of this. And I'm going like, with all the things that we went through in society, do we really need to have folks making a big deal about what watch the man is wearing and things of that nature when we just finished having a uh, person that was not all that concerned about um, appearance and things of that nature. And it was actually very much of an exploitive type that was in the uh, office of 1600 before uh, Mr. Biden, President Biden came into office. So definitely, I don't know why folks were getting all up in arms about a certain watch that somebody was wearing and all of that. But I was watching my friend Tree and he was talking about that and happening and along those lines. And definitely uh, I did see that Heidi's going to uh, be rejoining us in a little bit as well. So hoping that she'll be able to maybe make some comments about how she thinks things are going in the early part of the campaign and all of that. Well, not the campaign, but the early part of the administration. And then, of course, I was going to ask her about things related to um, the business of entertainment and all of that. So I do know she's going to come back and we may have some conversations around that as well. But while that's yeah, going yeah. on, I've got definitely um, Zach back and I see that Heidi has come back as well and hopefully some of our other folks will join us as well. I got to tell Heidi just how hard Mark works. Mark has his own radio show at WCOM, right Heidi? Then he also does a dance party on IBM TV and has two shows on IBM TV and produces about five more wow. on IBM TV and does independent production. He yeah. sits on the Carolina Theater Board and um, he works for Haiti, making sure that their black poetry and all of their cultural events mm -hmm. actually get off the ground. He's a boot soldier. He's foot so beat, um, he's, he's boots on the ground. He's a foot soldier and he's also behind the scenes. And I'm lucky to uh, have him as my yeah. director producer. Hallelujah. Yeah, he, he does his thing, man. He's he's a grinder. Um, and yes, this is this is great because you know, the way the creator worked it out for me, I, I booked people in advance. As you know, we right. booked this like months ago. Right. And, and because of all of the um, extracurriculum social things that are happening, it's like the creator wanted you to come on at this time. 
You know, I have guests and every time they come on, I'm like, well, this was the time you were supposed to be on because your your conversation is so relevant and pertinent. Um, you know, right. and, and, and being in this business that you and I and Mark are in this entertainment thing, you know, I like when you said, I love your honesty. You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Because you actually said, listen, it's not going to be easy and we are going to get hurt. I have my friend on Broadway, Sheila. She's done a couple of Broadway things, you know, as a mid-level actress, as well as off-Broadway in, in lead stuff. Okay. And, and, and I feel so hurt and bad for her because um, she wasn't, you know, she can't work. Right. You know, that's why I asked you about that unemployment thing, because up there, they're giving the Broadway people and musicians and stagehands and prep people and makeup people this certain um, unemployment thing. It's right. called Pandemic Unemployment Insurance, mm -hmm. and it's for independent contractors and artists. That's why I had mentioned it, because I don't think a lot of people are hip to that, but it's out there and and and. I know because a friend of mine, uh, my drummer, Kevin Harrington, that you'll meet, he's right. the one that told me about it, you know, so. Um, and my son, you know, and, and, and well, see, I've worked more than one job off and on since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. my, my mother's mother, my grandma, I called her mama. She didn't think you were poop. She, she didn't I mean she didn't she didn't cuss, but she didn't think you were crap. Even as a female, if you didn't have more than one job. Right, 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 right. right. So, I mean, you know, I'm a area manager at Amazon. I'm here in Round Rock, Texas, which is 22 minutes outside of Austin. I've had Texas on my radar since my youngest was a baby. So I teach online as an adjunct professor. So I, I'm fortunate and blessed that, you know, I still have a, a good job. I'm still in, in a safe area because I, I, I walked out on faith right after and Good that for you. happens you knew what happened so yep. I, I walked out on faith after living in hotels for almost six months still working wow. uh two jobs plus the business and 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 when the opportunity came up to move to texas and the lord knows i had been wanting to do texas for a long time because austin is a music city right. yeah I yeah down here too but i mean I'm, I'm getting in here, and when things get back open, I can hopefully bring some of my artists down here, maybe pick up a couple of artists. I never I plan on being a big operation. I plan on being where I maybe have about 10 artists that I work with. Wow. It's always going to be me. Um, and I've told artists up front I'm not investing any money because the last artist that I had, and it was just that person, I invested $60,000 of my own money. Wow. And uh, did not get anything back for it, but grief and heartache and, and mess. So I, I am a booking agent. I am not a manager anymore. I do not build EPKs anymore. I can do all that stuff, but yeah. you got to come ready. I, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Yeah, uh, and I don't blame you. Because no, 
That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like you want to do things very specific and have like your, there's that old expression, staying in the lane and everything. It sounds like you have said that lane of being the booking agent and you don't want to be the manager. You don't want to be any of the other titles that are in there. You don't want to be the road manager. You just want to concentrate on being the booking agent. The booking agent, the manager, the road manager. I mean, I uh, the, the last year, oh my God, there were days where I was up 36, 37 hours on the road, right? And 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 my artist was not making that money, but because we thought, or I thought, we were building the business together, even though I always kept it a sole member LLC because my father taught me a long time ago, till people prove themselves to you, you keep everything in your pocket. <laughs> so, that's right, that's right, that's right. So that part, it was always mine. But, you know, going without heat, without water, mm-hmm. you know, so I could pay band members when his shows made no money because while he's a phenomenal artist, he has no right name recognition and no hits. Right. Yeah. So the shows that we were booking for him and I was booking great venues, I was booking eight, 800 to a thousand, 1200 seat rooms and that nobody would show. And I was going through iHeart radio and, and all these cool radio stations spending money on, um, on uh you know promoting the show digital flyers yada 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 you name it i was paying for it but then he would get angry you know well how come ain't nobody these shows what the f is going on and i always wanted to tell him because you got no hit records and you got no name recognition you got to have some kind of niche you know it's funny you say that because the way and and mark knows this i i told people this and and it was my little secret that i learned from the funketeers you got to have one or two things. You got to have that niche. Right. Right. Or you got to have, like you said, a pop hit. So some of us come through that niche because with us, we were able to ride the coattails of Bootsy and George and all of them. Right. And we developed a niche. So I automatically know any fall off crowd from their shows is automatically going to come to local funk bands like our shows. And then, you know, little by little, we were able to get on major shows, but I'm glad you said that because that's very important for people to understand in this world of three minute, 20 second hit songs that they loop and do and play um, that costs money. Kevin and I were talking about this, my producer. Remember, Mark, we were saying about the numbers when we was on the Zoom call. And we were saying, you know, some of the major record companies, like, you know, Heidi, they buy all the lights back just to blow it up, you know, so then they can go to say, hey, we have X, Y, Z. So now, like, for instance, I don't even know this kid that's doing the Super Bowl. I don't even, I don't know. I've never seen him before. All I know is he's there. And he's popular. He's got a hit song out, and nothing against him. I'm glad he's doing it, right? But I was like, it, Super Bowl artists are always supposed to represent the bulk of people, and this is one thing that always made me mad. They never did funk, never, never did funk, and I don't know why they stay away from funk. Thank you, Online Lamb. I love you too. Hi, Cheryl, and Mark, and 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 Heidi. You guys can elaborate. The biggest sporting event in the world has never done a funk band. And I have to say, there's a tint and a hint of racism there. I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying it. I'm not saying because because they always see funk as this grimy, 
nasty, old, cosmic, sloppish type thing, you know. And with George Clinton and Bootsy and Bernie Worrell, those brothers had deserved to do the Super Bowl at least one time. Because yeah. if Snoop Dogg is going to go there and sample their music and Ice Cube and do it, the original band is still alive to do. And this is something I've been fighting for. I've sent petition. I started petitions about this because I want, and if you listen out there, Super Bowl people, I want P-Funk at the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, my thing is, and, I, and I'm not a football person. I don't get into organized sports, but the Super Bowl shows that I've seen that have had people of color Beyonce, mm -hmm. Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. Prince, Whitney, uh, Whitney Houston, Janet. What, Janet. what what else did they have? They yeah. had crossover appeal. Right. They had a large white audience, a Good large point. Latino audience. Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, their white audience, Latino audience, and audience following was bigger than their African American following. Mm -hmm. Good point. But, at crossover yeah. appeal. Yes. Here's another thing. Um, ha, 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 ha. We, people of color, we always want something for nothing. Right. We always want the best of everything and don't want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. That's why Beyonce doesn't come any closer than St. Louis, Missouri, when she does a show. Look right. at the demographics of where some of these Black artists perform, mm -hmm. right? They don't come to certain locations that have a bigger African-American population because we don't want to spend the money. Right. I, uh, I ain't paying. Uh, uh, uh. I'm like, and then we get mad when artists don't want to come here yeah. or go to certain places because they're tired of that mess, right? They're tired of that stuff. That's like, you know, there, I, there are certain venues in Kansas City I just won't work with. Yeah. And that's actually something I was going to ask, and I was curious about. As a booking agent, what do you do when you run across um, festivals and things that you know are lowballing folks? Because I know that even here we've got a street festival, and oh, it's God. our name street festival, but they're only going to pay you a very low amount. Zach knows this; that's why he's giving shaking his head because he knows the fact that a lot of right. times they I mean, won't pay anybody new, more than five hundred dollars. If you're brand new and you're building your following and you get your name out there. And the festival has good name recognition and is known nationally and internationally. And they do it over a weekend and they get like 10 to 20,000 plus people. And they've been doing that festival, I'd say 10 years plus. If it's going to advance your resume mm -hmm. and get you bigger and better shows down the road, right. take that show. But limit how often you do it. Right. If you do it for a couple of years, it's say $2,000 and everybody and their grandmother's coming to you on your night and they're really making money at the food, at uh, at uh, T-shirts, whatever additional stuff that they may pay. Make sure your manager is documenting that and use that for leverage. So I said, OK, now two years ago and I did this with my previous artist. Um when I started booking him and I've known him forever and a day, he was a $500 to maybe a thousand dollar artist. Right. When I left, he was a 3000 to a $5,000 artist. Amen. Amen. And so after a while I would tell people he ain't playing that no more. That ain't right. gonna happen no more. He he's, he's shown you his value and his worth. 
people are asking you, are you going to get so-and-so back this year? Because we're going to come. When you start seeing those kind of numbers and it equates to dollars, and if you want to keep making those dollars and even increasing your revenue base and who now comes to your festival, he's not going to play for 2000 anymore. He's going to play for three. And if you can't do that, we understand that. You got a budget. I got one too. You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store, and you know what time of year it is. It's back-to-school time, and time once again for all of those after-school activities. Whether it's ballet or football, drama or field hockey, band or basketball, kids' feet need to feel good. Those cleats, sneakers, or shoes for band often don't do those young feet any favors. If our kids are going to stay active and healthy, then they need good feet. That means it's also time to take your kids to the Good Feet Store. Yeah, that's right, the young ones, the kids. Bring them into the Good Feet Store and let's treat them to some personal service. Our team members will measure their feet and find the right art support for them. They can still wear the shoes they want, but they will have the support to make them comfortable now and keep their feet healthy for the future. It won't take long and it could change their life. Go to goodfeet.com to make an appointment or just stop by the location nearest you, the Good Feet Store. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that's right. Sense. That's right. That's right. Now, what's one of the craziest riders you've seen? Because I know that I've worked with the Blues Festival and a number of other festivals, and I've seen some unique riders, and riders can have some real interesting things with them. So I'm just curious is what one of the more unique ones that you've seen? Because I've seen some folks ask for some very unusual things just because they feel that they can get those things. Luckily, I have not run into that. Thank you, Jesus. And when I've done riders, I'm like, we ain't putting that in there. I, I want M and M's just like that. I'm like, shut up! You, you know, no, no, no. We gonna have some. We gonna have some water. Have some tea. Have some soda. Have some food. Some chips. A, a clean place for you to get dressed. Go to the bathroom and chill. That's what's gonna be on your rider, because yes. you start asking for stupid like you Ed Sheeran and all that, and even the, the Ed Sheerans of the world. You got folk be like Ed. I, I know you, you dog, but. Mm, Come on. I know, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, it's funny. That's a good question, Mark. And Heidi, I love your response. But but it's funny because a lot of times people would wonder how all of that actually happens. You know, like they just think automatically stuff shows up. But somebody has to make that happen. That's where you come in, Heidi. So when people ask for things, right, that's right. There's logistics, right? So what we used to do is be like, okay, like I know our thing was always pizza. My band was pizza and 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 um I would always want monster energy drinks and water. That was it. Or maybe I would order also vitamin waters for my bed, right? But we never really got into that whole ego thing. And if we would be like, okay, look at the venue and look at what's there. Is there a Kentucky Fried Chicken there? Get us a couple of, you know, we would try to work right. with 
venues because we understand the logistics of it. That's why a lot of, you know, when you're there, there, and you, Aerosmith, they want blue M&Ms because they want to make sure the guy read the contract all the way through. So they can right. do that because they're Aerosmith. But, you know, when artists are coming up, it's funny how perception right. is not reality. You know, because I've been like right. heard about people. I'm like, oh, go see this artist. They're really, really great. Yeah, you got to go see them. And then I go see them, you know, down here, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I don't really understand what the hoopla is because the way you make it sound is like, well, you know, I'm going to see Bruno Mars when I'm like, why did it? Why do people have to put on airs? I guess is what I'm saying, and I understand it from the business point of view, but I don't get it with artists that are coming up. There's right. no reason to put on airs because you're gonna get found out. You got you, you right. You're gonna get. I love your faces because that says it. That say you know where I was going with this. You're gonna get found out. So all I can tell you is, don't lie. Don't well, embellish. What, what, see, but what happens is when you're a 500 to a thousand dollar artist and you're working certain venues, people don't care about your resume and who you work with, right. especially if you have command of the stage. Right. And you're genuinely a good artist. They don't care about that. What I got into was when I moved him up to the three to five thousand dollar range, that's when folk wanted to start verifying the resume. Mm -hmm. And then when things started coming back, not true. Right. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Boy, 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 boy. And that's when the Vegas thing got like, uh, 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 uh. We Vegas, we verify out here, Doc. And, uh, yes, yes, don't lie. And uh, <laughs> if you, uh, Doc, you need, uh, Doc, I, mm -mm. let so me tell you, I'm, I'm, rebuild, work, I'm rebuilding my work. I know you are. And I work for Boots and Patty now. So I got to tell you, that was a big, eh, on that. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, you asked him about that. I found out about it. I oh found, I inquired. Oh my God, you asked him about that. I, I didn't, I, I inquired. Jesus. I inquired. And, and, and it was done, it was done in a very classy, respectful way. Um, it was done. And I know they said, oh, we all know who that brother is. What is well, that? Well, well, past, past, see, the difference is paths can cross, but that don't mean that they actually embraced anything. Right. It, it could be simple as, oh, yeah, boom, yeah, I met the brother, you know, whatever. I was cutting through or passing through or he was passing through. That's not a relationship to that. No, it's not. Just because, you know, I played at, you know, um, with a corporate wedding band for Whoopi Goldberg does not make me her friend. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> she was there. I was the entertainment. That was it. I said, hey, Whoopi. She said, hey, I, I said, hey, how you doing? I kept it moving. You know what I'm saying? That does not make me Whoopi's confidant. <laughs> Right, because he, he has it on his bio that he played and worked for Bootsy Collins, nah, and that's why I was like, "Oh boy, you." No, nah, no. Nah, nah. First of all, the vibe wouldn't have been right, and the perception was wrong because Bootsy and Patty are very, very close circle. I'll just say right. that very few people get in that inner circle, you know. Right. And, and I know that for a fact now that I am in that inner circle, and I knew Bootsy from years ago, and right. you know, I, I told you that's my whole thing. And and there ain't nothing that I've I've seen people say all kinds of stuff. So I'm like, okay, well that's cool. I was like, but if that ain't true, how can you get up there and and fake this funk? One thing about funk, can't fake the funk because your nose will grow. That's right. Because right. because funk has a very small niche, and very few artists that play funk. 
Yep. But, you lie about right. what you're doing. Right. We and know we go and take a picture. Hey, you know this dude? Uh-uh. What does he say he does? Oh, he plays fun. No, no, no. That's, that's right. right. That's no, right. You didn't play with us. Didn't play with you know what I'm saying? It's funk. That's the one thing about this community. It's not and i I do the corporate wedding thing with creatures music, the pop thing, bigger circle funk as worldwide as it is, like you said, Heidi, it's yeah. a small knit community. And 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 we know each other by right. word of mouth and by by just association to association. Right. You know, but yes, um, yes, yeah, so you know, Mark. Now you had the pleasure of I'm sorry, um you okay. had the pleasure of uh being raised or being living in three musical communities because as I was hearing you talk to Zach earlier, I was thinking to myself, Well, this uh lady has lived in Austin and like you said, it definitely has that indie music kind of vibe and everything. Kansas City is well known for its jazz and for its blues and things of that nature. And of course, Cincinnati is home of the funk, as you literally said and everything. So what was it like growing up in that environment and what impact did that have on the development of your career? Because like I said, it seems to me that you're drawn to musical communities. Well, because I come from a family of, of music on my mother's side. I mean, back to my great, great grandmother. We've always sang, uh, played some type of instrument. My instrument is this. I, I tried playing flute and the cello, and the organ, and I, you know, instruments is not my thing. Um, my vocal cords are my thing. So, I mean, I, I said, I've been singing since I was seven. I've been in girls groups. I've been part of opening acts and all of that kind of thing. And I have always done it for the love of music, and I enjoy it, and that's my calming force. Um, would I have loved to have been famous and all that wonderful stuff and made money and great, 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 yeah, that'd have been cool, but that's not the way it turned out for me. I'm I'm fine with that, um, but music is always going to be a part of my life. Amen. I don't mind taking the the back part of it uh, behind the scenes. I don't need to be out front like that. You know, I, I can book, make my money, and then in ten years when I retire from corporate life, I just want to be able to teach online, mm. book artists. And then when I'm ready for my own downtime, go somewhere and say, bye, I'm gone for a week or two. Don't call me. Right. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot of people have that kind of attitude. Actually, a friend of mine is actually looking at doing something possibly on the uh, kind of platform that me and Zach are talking about. But she actually was the uh, background singer for um, Gerald Levert. And her and her uh, girls have got their own group and everything. But they were talking about how they're working within those egos and everything when you've got like three ladies or in their case, it's four ladies and everything. So I was just wondering when you were working in that environment, how did you cope with that whole ego thing? Because I do know that sometimes you've, you've got several leads or several people that are working in like that girl group kind of environment. You do have to work with the egos. And I know that Coco McMillan was having a whole conversation about that. But I'd love to hear your take on working within the confines of a group dynamic um lord jesus oh god made me want to drink um have headache just make me want to drink and have a headache until finally you know i i had to sit um well since it's just us i had to sit jewel down i said look look you got to stop being an asshole okay you got to stop going to these rehearsals thinking i understand it's your music and you want it played the way you want it played and you want your show to be the way you want it and i get that and you have a right to that but you also have to embark upon a certain level of professionalism and everybody in here's grown okay i, I I'm, I'm not managing fights i don't do that 
I don't do grown folk like that. And I don't do grown men like that. Right. Either you figure it out or I, I, I'm not going to go on the road. I'm not going to do any of that. And, and we got to figure out another way of doing this because I can't handle it. I'm too old now. Uh, um, folk got kids, grandkids, uh, you know, some folk, a couple of great grandkids. This doesn't make any sense. I have and, a question and, for Heidi, though, when she's finished. I have a question for you. And and when all you're doing is your own original music with some cover stuff in it, and you don't have no hit records and you don't have a big following and 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 anything that you have gotten, I've be beaten my behind and spent my money to do it. Oh, no, 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 no. We had a drummer. Good God, who had a serious drug habit. I'm like, I tell him, so you got to fire him. It's hard enough dealing with you and your asshole ways. I'm not going to deal with a, a, a 48, 49-year-old you and then a 31-year-old you. I said, that one I'm not going to do. So yeah. you better make up your mind. It's either you want to keep your phenomenal drummer or you keep the money. Yeah, that's Just putting right. it in there. And that's then... However you want to roll with it, that's how we roll. But I, I ain't managing that one. I'm if not you, doing that one. If you if you had, because right now we're going around the world um, live. So if you were going to talk to someone from another country that wanted to come over here as an artist, right? What are some of the pitfalls that you would tell a foreign artist that comes to America to try to get off? Europeans live differently than folks in the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, just like if I was telling a person who was from the United States moving overseas. Um, we are an I society, a my society, a me society. How can I get this going? Who can I get to help me do this? Uh, we are rude. We are egotistical. Uh, we are self-absorbed. Uh, uh, we don't mind stepping on folks backs to get to the top and we justify it because it will you know, it's a cutthroat business you got to have thick skin and while i understand all of that there is still professionalism and there is still a way that you treat people right because we're all human beings and i don't deal with people who uh don't maintain their professionalism and uh don't remember that we're still people in this. Uh, I mean, I will tell the truth and I will be honest, but there is a way that you convey honest opinions and honest uh, ideologies and how things are happening out here in the real world. Um, you know, saying stuff and being an asshole doesn't make you cute and doesn't get, garner you friends and doesn't give, people don't give you the high five. Oh yeah, you know, he, he said it, you know, he's an ass, but you know, he said it. After a while, that mentality gets played and gets old to where people be like, man, you don't even want to mess with that person. They just the biggest asshole and they think they're this and that and they not even really doing it like that. Phenomenal this, but they're not really even doing it like that. So, you know, don't even mess with it. And, and, and that's what people will do. They won't even tell you what has gone wrong. They just won't mess with you. So if you are coming over from a foreign country, um, especially like Scotland, Ireland, uh, Germany, Italy, France, uh, the UK is kind of used to the American mentality, but some of these European countries aren't. Just, just tell them to be, be ready and that these little venues 
act like they're all that in a biscuit because, you know, well, we do live entertainment. We have a talent buyer and this is what we're willing to pay. That's fine. But don't make it seem like you're you 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 only willing to pay this because you're 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 the shiznit. Be honest and say, well, I only bring in about twenty thousand dollars a month or about five thousand dollars a week in overhead after my bar and after my liquor sales and my food sales. And after I pay my employees, I can only invest maybe one to two or maybe three hundred dollars a weekend on live entertainment. That's why I only have live entertainment on Friday night or and or Saturday night. Be real about your business and what you're doing. If you can't do it, that's fine. Have a DJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It costs to bring in quality, local and even regional talent. And if you're not there, that's fine. If if that's not your business model, that's fine. But don't go out here with a high horse and, you know, telling uh, musicians, well, you're only worth so and so. So, no, that's all you can afford to pay. And, and I've told venues, okay, well, Marge can't do that because he's not performing even by himself in an acoustic set. He ain't performing for $75 a beer and a pizza. Yeah, that makes a lot that of sense. That costs as much gas. Yeah. One thing I was curious about is uh, we just recently elected the uh, first uh, female uh, vice president, African-American, um, Asian-American kind of background and all of that. So I'd love mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts about having Kamala there in the seat of power and all of that. So I'd love to hear you talk about your thoughts of having her in the seat of power right now. I think it's a cool, wonderful thing. I started getting into politics when Barack Obama was still a candidate. I did political blogging. Uh, I, I, you know, did stuff like that. I stopped political blogging when uh, my life was threatened and people were threatening my kids, you know, calling me wow. the words. My, my kids were picking innies and all that kind of stuff. People telling me get a job, and I'd be like, okay, I don't know where that's coming from, but right. um, um, it, it's it's a good message that um, women can be in power positions, and that doesn't make us hard or not need anybody or that we're over masculine and all of that. It, it it's I don't know where this comes from. And the black community with black women, black women have been the backbone mm-hmm. and foundation of not only black families, but of white families for centuries. Yeah. So why would you diminish and put down a woman who has been the backbone and the foundation of families? You all don't get here except for us, right? Um, it, it takes two to tango, but we're still the carriers. We right. carry you all for nine months, and then we go through the pain and the agony of giving birth. And so I don't understand why you would down and denigrate a woman or a person who's carried you within your body, within our bodies, to make sure you come in here with ten fingers, ten fo- ten fingers and toes, and hopefully in your right frame of mind. So. Uh, and I think that she will tell it to Joe, I mean, yeah, uh, Joe Biden, honestly, and let him know, hey, and when you're right about it, you're right about it. And when you're not, these are my feelings on it. I got your back either way, but those are my feelings on it. I think it shows uh, people like my daughter, but well, she's already had always, always had strong 
black women to follow on her mother, me and her father's side, the family grandmother and, and on back. So she's always had that and I've instilled that in her. But for girls who are not as fortunate as my daughter to have that good female uh, uh, background and not that thin foundation, seeing someone like Kamala Harris and the young lady who did the poetry reading. Oh, yeah. at the oh she was phenomenal. Uh, that, that shows black girls and brown girls and Asian girls and a mixture of all of them that with perseverance and, and with God and being mindful and prayerful <clears> and not letting anybody stop you, you can do it. Because yes. I, people like, why do you always want people to call you Dr. Heidi Wilkins? And I said, because I earned it. I earned right. that. I beat right. my behind to get it. So that's why, because my sister was like, well, I just think you're just too much on that tip sometimes. I said, why? Why am I too much on that right, tip? Right, exactly, exactly. Because I, I, you, you were there. I went to school. I busted my behind. I've had white men tell me when I was getting ready to start my doctoral program and I was interviewing for other corporate positions, oh, my, what lofty goals you have. Lofty goals? Yeah, what? what's that about? Is that yeah, what does it mean? Lots of goals. What is that? Yeah, that makes no so, sense at all. And it sounds like you can really relate to Dr. Jill Biden when they were trying to knock the fact that you wanted to be called Dr. Jill Biden instead of like the first lady and everything. But she, right. or like yourself, she earned that doctorate. So it sounds like right. you were able to relate to her as well. Right. I earned that title. So when people address me, my students, Dr. Heidi, even at work at Amazon, Dr. Heidi, the back of my 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 vest. Dr. Period Heidi, Doc. You don't have to call me Dr. Wilkinson. To me, that's a little overly formal. But Dr. Heidi is fine because I worked my behind off. I finished my my associates, my bachelor's, my master's, my doctorate in six years, seven months with a three point eight two GPA. Well, that's what's up. The that's only up. only time off I took was the scheduled breaks from school, and through part of it, I was working two jobs. Yeah, as a yeah. divorced single parent with my oldest in college. Yeah, yeah. That's so, one of the reasons why I asked you when we met and, you, you know, you told me a little bit about your background, um, you know, and I was, you know, definitely into the entertainment part. But, you know, I thought you were the right fit for us, man, and booking our band because I, I thought about what you just said, your determination and grit to go through what you went through. I said, well, if she fought that hard, to get where she to where she got with her education, right. she will definitely fight and work hard for my band. You right. sold me right then and there. You didn't have to sell me on the entertainment part. We talked about that, but when you told me about that, I was like, "Well, this woman will fight for my thing," mm -hmm. you know, because of what you've done as a person. And to have somebody tell you you have lofty goals, I mean, that's so systemically ignorant, right? Because Mark, you know yourself. Yeah. You're one of the, the outliers here in North Carolina. I always consider you an outlier. You're not in that slave mentality. You're on the outside of it. You're trying to do the opposite. And I'm sure people have told you that as as well. You know? Yeah, Crazy. definitely. I definitely mean, enough. And the scary thing is, and I think about it sometimes, um, people of color come from kings and queens. Mm -hmm. We've had our own nations, our own uh, educational systems, mm -hmm. architecture. We've built, we're builders, engineers. Mm -hmm. This isn't a new thing for right. people of color. 
and even those who are going back to a more uh, natural based lifestyle, you know, of getting solar, growing your own food, because mm -hmm. I want to be eventually do that. Give me a nice little plot of land so I can go back to growing my own food, yeah, having yeah. solar, yeah. having me some chickens. That's not a new thing for black people. Black no, people no. have always been in ag agriculture and farming. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, we came up Even on over in African nations, that's yeah. not new. But you've got people out here who want to think that black people growing their own food, that's a new thing. I'm like, you're stupid, go educate yourself. Don't let somebody else tell you about who you are and who your people are. Educate yourself, learn about it. But I mean, when you look at, because I taught in urban schools for four years, mm. sweet Jesus, I mean, good God in heaven. I, I taught my last year in high school and I had three of my, my 15 year old girls, uh, sophomores pregnant. Mm. And they all gave birth before, right before COVID jumped off. You hear that? It's not just another sound effect. It's the sound of your life changing. Old phones are out. The Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G is in. The headlines and your hands. It's statement making, trend setting, world unfolding. Feed your feed with hands-free selfies, group shots, and videos. Flex for your followers with a look that gets looks and show everyone how to live this life. Get the new Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G at samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. And bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. Only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams of 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at T-Mobile.com. And I'm like, why are you pregnant? What What is yeah. wrong with you? I right. mean, her mom's 31. Grandma, I mean, you know, the, the generational gap used to be 21 to 25 years of age. Right. Now it's 15 to 18 years. Wow. So you got, you got a 15-year-old girl who just had her baby, 45-year-old, mm -hmm. I mean, 30-year-old mother, 45-year-old mm. grandmother, mm. and maybe a 60-year-old great-grandmother. Now... Yeah. My son knew his great grandmother, Grandma Nan. Grandma Nan was a hundred. Logan right. was five. Right, 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 right. Natural, yeah. yeah. And then one of my students, uh, he was eight years old. He asked me, he said, Dr. Heidi. I said, Yeah. Uh um, I can't remember the child's name. I said, Yeah, yeah, what's the matter? He said, May I ask you how old you are? I said, Yeah, Dr. Heidi's 54. He said, My great grandmother's 60. I said, you you you're what? Wow. He said, my great-grandmother is 60. I said, what, what is wrong with that picture? Yeah. And then we wonder why there is the breakdown of the historical understanding of people of color. Because a 15-year-old child can't teach it to a newborn when you're still learning. Yeah, they're still learning themselves. And then the other thing is that there's so much of that generational gap that goes on. And the other thing that I admire of some of our Asian brothers in some of the other countries around the world, including some of the African countries, is that they actually have a greater community connection. And I think that right. we've gotten away from that. And like a lot of times, you might have a 15-year-old that just had the baby and has the mother and the grandmother. But a lot of times, they're not even in the same environment or the same state in a lot of times. So they don't even have that communal kind of 
development right. of the ways of growing together and everything. Right. So I think that's another thing that we've actually lost. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as to whether you think that we can ever go back to creating those kind of like strong communities, even within our areas. Like I said, I know that um, Tulsa had that Black Wall Street. Durham has mm-hmm. a Black Wall Street. And definitely I feel that we don't even do a good enough job of actually letting folks know about that history and even finding ways to rebuild that history. Don't forget Harlem. Right, right. Um, I agree with that. But people, what people don't understand is when you talk about African-Americans, right, 33% of us are also Western European. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Look at my hair. Anybody mm-hmm. can look at me and tell I'm biracial on <laughs> my mother and my father's side. So that plays a part of it. Um, those structures were broken down in us from the time of slavery because we were considered product. Yeah. And what do you do with product? You buy and sell. So when you buy and and sell product, then the the keeping of the family and the community is not relevant. So, and 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 here's what I think is funny. We are the only, only ethnic people or ethnic background of people that were not allowed to marry. Mm. Jewish slaves in the time of Egypt were married. We're the only ethnic ethnic background that was not allowed to marry, legally allowed to marry, right? And we were begging and dying to marry. So let's jump now 155 years after the end of slavery. We were never legally allowed to marry. Now we don't want to marry. We rather shack up, have babies, mamas. You got guys over here with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven kids with different parents. We we can marry, but now we choose not to. There's something wrong with that. We're the only ethnic group that wasn't allowed to marry, but now that we have the legal right to marry in this country, we don't want to. Yeah. You know, um, and I was texting to Mark, when you see me looking down sometimes, I'm not ignoring you. I'm checking messages. I'm answering things. But I know a lady just popped up. What did she say, Mark? What did the lady say? The nice lady with the shoes. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that was cool. See if I can't find that one because she said it was just the one that just came up. It was you know sometimes the comments are coming up, and we're since we're in real time, we try to put that. But Heidi, I got to tell you, I'm going to speak for Mark. You should do his show because he's got a great show, and you have people have talked to me about doing that. You know, having people come on about entrepreneurial spirit, stuff I teach about, not just entertainment. But mm-hmm. politics, stuff in, in the community, stuff for and that's what he does. That's his that's his All thing. He does that. So you know, I'm gonna put so you... busy. My plate is so big. It right is, now. but but we're gonna squeeze you in still because I'm gonna make y'all sure because people need to hear this stuff. You know, even if you pre-record it and put it out there, people right. need to hear it because it's important. Um, and yeah. and that is very good. I do not see that comment, but I'll keep looking for it. But definitely, we can do a pre-recorded one. One of the things that struck me when you were talking to Zach earlier and everything was I actually did do a pre-recorded uh, interview that will appear later on and everything. But that was actually with a young lady. I think she might be in her 30s, and she's a young single mother, but she is a um, – her kid is biracial, so she's a white young woman. Her uh, boyfriend of the time was uh, definitely a brother, and they've had a child. But she's got her own fashion line. So when you're talking about your own kid having a fashion line, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I've had conversations with these young folks that are actually creating entrepreneurship businesses. So that's one of the things that I've been right. really proud of is of our young folks that are, I would say, in the 45 and under set or the 40 and under set that are actually really going out there 
creating their own businesses and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the same thing. his business, he does marketing and content for independent and Christian artists. And besides his own band, um, if you go to Instagram and Google Logan, he took a, a, a thing on his name. So the group is L O G E N. He has a show coming up next month uh, at a place right outside of Springfield, Missouri. Uh, his group is really popular. Now he can bring in uh, four to five hundred people on his own. People just wow. hear Logan's gonna be so and so. Oh, oh, dog, dog, man, and he has a good cross mixed following of blacks and Asians and and white people about me. But he's thirty one, so right. that age group. Uh, with the yeah. independent artists, they have that more eclectic. They do, yes. Fusion, uh, um, yes. yes. Of people and artistry that follow them. It, it's yep. it's folk over fifty that are still. That, that's that why we're doing that. that divide. That's and, why we're doing that product, thing. Right, it's a product yep. of how we grew up. Yep. And where, excuse me, where we grew up. That's that's just what it is. So you have to decide. Um, not only as an artist, just as a person, period. Uh, you know, how you're going to roll with that. But I mean, he does marketing, he does content. Matter of fact, Logan's going to work with one of my artists on some marketing and some content. And, you know, Logan's gotten to the point to where, you know, people request him. He's, uh, if you look on my Facebook page, there is a song that he and my sister recorded for uh, her birthday. And she just did the the vocals for it and sent it to him. He did the acoustic co- uh, uh, guitar part for it, the harmony part for it, and meshed that video. They never were in the same room, yeah. <laughs> you know. So that's his talent. And people were like, it's gotten over like three thousand views, and people didn't realize it was the, that song um, by Christine Aguilera and uh, uh, that one a, a group. That, and Lord have mercy, I can't think of the song right now. But there were people in the black communities like, oh, you all ought to record that song. I'm like, listen, that just goes to show you how even our own people don't have a varying base of music. My 16-year-old knows more about Smokey Robinson and Otis Redding than I do. You know what happened? Because of her grandparents. So she knows all types of music, as does my niece. My my niece was... uh, an award-winning drummer. She won the Louis B. Armstrong Award for Best wow. Jazz Drummer in 2013. You know, and she she writes and and all of that. So it, it it's kind of cool because I learned what I learned from my mother. It's a generational thing. Yeah, so yeah. we've passed it down. My daughter sings. You know, she does. She has her own little um, Instagram account for. Uh, teen makeup, how you know, wear makeup as a teenager, yeah. how to wear your hair as a teenager, healthy eating as a teenager. So, when wow. you go out, she'll put pictures of her food because uh, she's a vegetarian. My son is a vegetarian, so she tries to encourage girls in her age group about healthy eating, mm. taking care of your skin, your hair, how to, be, how to be fashionable yeah. without being a hoe. Right. Uh, uh, Not being afraid to not say, hey, I'm 16 years old. I don't date and I'm still a virgin. Yeah. I know that comment that came up was from One Light and she mentioned Camilla Harris and how it it was a breakthrough. And I kind of read it because I wanted to get that in here only because I saw it and I I figured it was very it was important 
important what we were talking about a second ago, Heidi. And and yeah, there it is right there. Uh, what an honor to have Kamala Harris, first woman to come vice president of the United States. She has the most powerful position in the world. And I yes. agree with that. I think, and thank you, One Light. Um, I, I agree with that because um, as we progress as, as, as men of color, women of color, and, and the world, um, United States, my kids too are biracial. You know what I mean? My ex-wife was white. My kids are biracial. And I've seen that. I went to five protests down here, Mark can tell you, down in North Carolina, because we live in the same area, Mark and I. We live in the same complex. And okay. I went to this, I went to all these protests, and I saw a beautiful rainbow coalition, as Jesse Jackson would say, of people. And that's why when you mentioned that age group, they totally get it. They or they were born into crossover appeal. For right. us as Funketeers and for all my true funk soldiers and um, a club funk ambassador, that's why we do what we do to keep funk alive. So bands like Cameo and Lakeside and Mandrill and mm -hmm. P-Funk and Bootsy and Switch and Change and, or, and Chaka Khan and Earth, Wind & Fire and, you know, all of that stuff. We we we're the well asked, we're the elders of that. Right. We're the keepers of that. My best friend, um, you know, and family, Otis Hall, they put out this called the keepers of the funk, next exit, right? right? As this is a mantra that our age group lives by as funketeers. We are the keepers of the funk. And funk music is it, it, it's it's worldwide appeal, but at the same time, not everybody can play it. And to, to your point, Heidi, when when the, the young people, um, and you mentioned this just a second ago uh, about the young people and why the three minute, 20 second, that's drilling into their head. It's actually working in reverse because it's killing their creativity. So the outliers like your son and like your daughters, that's got to be the norm now. There are right. more young, talented, independent artists making great music. That has become the standard. This other That's stuff right. is slowly shrinking. Cardi B even said it. She said she didn't even want to do half the stuff she did. They made right. her do it. You know, right. even the Beyonce's and Jay-Z's of the world, they're quadrillion billionaires, right? But they still have to fit in this box. Right. You know what I'm saying? In order to keep what right. they got. So right. I, I, I'm so right. happy you right. brought that up. I'm so happy you brought that up. I'm so happy you brought that up. Yeah. Heidi, come was, on. There was one thing I wanted to say, and I didn't get a chance to say it uh, when we yeah. were on air. We're still uh, on air. We're still yeah. on air. Oh, okay. Tell these artists. <laughs> okay. Just like you go up, you can go you, down. Yeah. Because you got people like Ja Rule, uh, Maze, e, uh, you know, that used to be arena acts. Right. They came and fill a 500 seat room, and they still act like they're an arena act. Yeah, and part of the uh, part of that, but because they didn't know how to stay relevant and current, and then they started believing some of their own hype, and and you know, music is based on the kids, and and I learned that the hard way. Everything that is out there now, music wise is based towards the 14 to 21 year old mm -hmm. age bracket yep, yep. because they are the buyers they get right. their parents they take their 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 uh money they've earned doing their chore money or whatever they right. have their allowance money they are the buyers they set the market they set the trend 
you all out here who are artists, you better start believing that, or you're gonna be playing in three, four, five piece bands for 75 bucks a person for four hours in, in these little venues. If, if you all don't get a handle on the market, looking at the demographic and seeing who drives the numbers. Yep, definitely. Heidi, speaking of that, how do you uh, think the whole entertainment industry is going to change in COVID? Because I'm hearing a lot of folks that are thinking that we're going to see a real big shift in the entertainment industry. We've already seen it in the movie industry. Oh, the movie yeah. industry is, oh, yeah. is looking at streaming. On demand. Um, when we, uh, when we uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Lord have mercy. Wonder Woman 1984 came out. Right. Streamed it. You think I'm going to a movie theater? And I'm a big movie buff. Oh, my God. Every new movie that came out, me and my kids or whoever, I was dating you with my husband. we like, movie time, movie time, let's go. So, I mean, like right now, I go to work in the grocery store, right? But I've got everything imaginable set up on my smart TV. I got 5,000 channels. I can do music online, this and that, like what we're doing right now. It was already moving towards that. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Because people were not spending two and three hundred dollars to go to an arena concert. Right. I can get the same experience in my home, have a fun party, get dressed up for fifty dollars and have food. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was already moving towards that. Digital market, the online platform. People don't buy CDs anymore. You, you know what people are doing too? They're going and Mark knows this. And Mark, you can comment on this too. I see us also going to a digital bigger market like digital acts performing right. at drive-in theaters yeah mm -hmm. you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying you're still doing it from your remote spot and people are in their cars but it's on a huge screen right. so they can the, still the get that sense of being right. with other people the you know musicians what i'm saying are safe. they're in a undisclosed location they've got their their background people making sure things are cool but you know that's where they're going to set it up and even some of these um like the sprint center and stuff it wouldn't take them anything to install a big huge screen right there on that stage people fill up that stage well you know we don't have to charge you you know 50 to 150 dollars a ticket or more because um uh in 2011 i took logan to go see poison Motley mm -hmm. Crew and the New York Dolls. Yes, y'all. I like rock and roll. I like. Yo, all that's what's up. I know about all of them. Yeah, and, same here. Uh, and this was 2011, and I spent 200 dollars in 2011, mm -hmm. and we were in the nosebleed section. Yeah. Right. This is 2011. So imagine how less expensive it's going to be for you all to go online, take your phone, buy your digital ticket online. Go to the place to still get that experience of going out, but now instead of paying three and four hundred dollars, you pay maybe twenty-five to fifty because it's digital. And then guess what? That digital concert is probably being played in three arenas. Yes. At the time. So they can afford to lower the prices and they're still gonna get that profit. And then, okay, if you couldn't come to the arena, we're gonna be on on demand streaming roku fire stick mm -hmm. uh blah 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 wh whoever else so if you couldn't make it you know come come watch it in your home have a party you know we're, we're doing giveaways they're right. still gonna make their money so that that that's like by the time my daughter who's 16 by the time she's my age of 40 years 
we may not even go to a live concert the way we knew it when I was coming up, when I saw Prince live, when I saw the 1999 tour, 1982. Oh my God. You know, uh, I just think you're the, just, just because of technology and FaceTime and on your phone and doing everything that we're doing now, uh, um, it's just it's just gonna move, and I just think the the kids now and they're they're digital people, right? Oh, they're yeah. not going to see the digital concert as being strange. That's right. the norm for them. That's very much the norm for them, and I'm thinking that it's even going to shift the power structure because right now, right. as you know from the entertainment industry, there was a large time that the live nations of the world, the clear channels in radio, the radio ones in radio, were the ones that were in charge and were kind of dictating right. the market, dictating what was going on in the entertainment industry. I think that there's a major disruption about to happen and that a lot of those power players, if they don't get with the game, are actually going to be not as powerful as they used to be. But as one in the uh, booking agency business, do you feel that same way? I think for me, <laughs> because booking is a very fluid job, right? Yeah. I book. I'm nobody's road manager. I don't handle logistics. That's your manager, your road manager. I just book the gig and get my money. So <laughs> as long as I can stay current and relevant, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, okay, they're set up to do digital stuff. I booked you this five ten thousand dollar gig or whatever for digital. There's my ten percent. I've made my money. Bye. Yeah. So as long as you, you know, keep your artist informed, but that's the manager's responsibility, and that's what I'm going to tell some of these folks. There is a difference between a booking agent, a manager, and a road manager. Right. That's right. That's they're right. all different. Booking agents book. Right. Managers manage. Road managers handle the logistics of the tour, whether you're flying the bus, uh, um, and which is probably the two major ways that artists travel, flying or tour bus. They handle that aspect of it. People like to mesh booking agents and managers together. And while some do that, um, it can create a lot of headaches. <laughs> it yeah. just does. Yeah. So that's why when I, when I, in the process of revamping HJ Entertainment, managing that, that just, mm -mm, mm -mm. I've got one act, two acts that I am going to actually manage. Everybody else, I'm just your booking agent. I'm just not going to go there like that because I don't want to go on the road. I don't want to be at the venue. I don't want to handle all the little last minute tit to task that can happen. Imagine everybody's little personalities. I'm not going to do that one anymore. <laughs> that, that's the role. That's the role actually of the manager and the road manager. The road manager is actually the one who handles the logistics of the show. So I hope y'all are listening. So even if the manager is there at the venue, the managers are going to refer to the road manager. Right. Because they handle the logistics of the spot. You getting there, load in, sound check, getting you back to your hotel, getting dressed for you to get back to the venue space, to get ready to do your thing or however you get ready to get ready to get on the stage. That is the road manager's function. So even your regular manager be like, well, my, my food, blah, blah, blah. What you talking to me for? There's the road manager. Take that to them. There's a chain of command structure. Mm -hmm. So artists remember that. Stop getting it all twisted. You all are doing that. Stop getting it twisted. Start learning the business and learning what everybody's place is and their function is. Now, if you're a big name 
all those people come into play and understand your manager is not your publicist. Your manager is not your publicist or your PR person, your public relations person. A manager will refer you out to a PR firm. That is what they do. You Mm. want that. You want that particular company in your lane doing that. You don't want a manager trying to do your PR for you. They can't do that. They can't manage and do PR. You want to get a firm that can do that so that they decide what shows you go on to, like to do television. The booking agent doesn't necessarily do that. The booking agent will work in conjunction with your publicist. Okay, uh, I want to get so-and-so on this radio show. We think it'd be really good. They may sit down as a group. Okay, manager, what do you think about that? Okay, that'll work. Road manager has logistics on that. That's cool. Booking agent, yeah, you get me all the particulars. I'll book them for this show. Yeah. Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the $3 medium pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusion apply. Valid on pumpkin spice signature latte only in all cold foam cold brew. Life gets a lot more magical when you dream. So let's dream of a vacation unlike any other. A magical Disney cruise. <laughs> Hiya, pal! Where new stories meet tales as old as time. Enchanté, mon ami! And your family will be cared for the moment you step aboard. Sail from Florida to Disney's private island paradise and get ready for a dream come true with Disney Cruise Line. Yada, yada. Okay, let's come up with the game plan. Break. That's what happens behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. So, artists, stop getting it twisted. <laughs> Speak, speaking of getting it twisted, I had the pleasure of talking to Haley Jane. And like I said, that was the pre-recorded interview that I did. It'll be on probably on tomorrow if I, you know, I'm thinking about my schedule and everything. But she is a visual artist, and she's also done some music. Now, she's concentrating more on the visual art. And one thing she did is she basically um, – because she had a little bit of cash, she was basically gave up on that old concept of having a day job. So she's basically concentrating on her career and focusing only on the career. So as one in the entertainment art saying everything, what do you do when you have folks that want to do that? Do you encourage them to kind of like just concentrate solely on your art form? Or do you realize that a lot of times folks do have to go and work at a variety of jobs? I know that even as one on the management side, I've even had to have some medial jobs and everything. And of course, you just mentioned that you've worked at Amazon. But when folks tell you that they want to make that leap of faith, what uh, words of encouragement do you give them? Or do you give them a reality check? I give them a reality check. Now, if you are married and you want to do that, then that is a family discussion, right? Because that spouse is going to have to be that breadwinner while you are pursuing your goal as an artist. And remember, it costs. Publicists don't work for free. They work for the standard 10 to 22% in the industry. Mm. Managers don't work for free. The standard is 10 to 22% in the industry. Booking agents don't work for free. The standard is 10 to 22% in the industry of them getting paid, right? So you have to decide what you're going to invest in yourself. If you don't have money set aside to where you can invest in your Spotify, getting your your digital uh, platform up and running, 
uh, becoming a member of BMI, ASCAP, or, or yep, publishing, uh, right. getting your publishing in order. All that costs money, right? Um, even if you go through a CD baby to get your single uh, barcoded and bookmarked ready for sale, the average price for CD baby, and they're one of the least expenses, to, yeah. to, to, to master your single, get it barcoded and ready for digital sale across all the streaming platforms, which are Spotify, uh, iTunes, Apple Music, Deezer, Jesus Christ, uh, SoundCloud, whoever all's out there. It's $657 and some change for one single. Right? Well, uh -huh. So if you don't have a following <laughs> and you don't have a good uh, round of venues that you go to because the the cd is an introduction of how you perform live right if you don't have a solid marketing plan of how you're tying your cd and your digital presence in conjunction with your live presence you're not going to sell money you're not going to sell cds because i have an artist or oh, i had one for first album went out on april the 9th 2011 it's been out almost 10 years that artist made 147 dollars and 75 cents yeah. On their street platform. It's funny because because I, I you know and I was commenting as well on Cheryl's comment and I thought about this show and thank you for chiming back in. Here we are hanging out, just chilling. Um, and the because I'm on CD Baby as well, but a lot of these venues um, and things now we have to really study the 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 putting in the least amount of money and getting out the maximum, maximizing the potential of what you're selling. This is why Dapier hasn't dropped anything out yet. We have our stuff, we have our swag, and you know, we have our music and we have we're developing all of our stuff, our brand, this and that, whatever. We got stuff, but I'm not gonna just drop it out in drips and drabs. You know, I want to make sure when it comes, it it's comes in a complete thing. And so that's what this year has given us a chance to really do. And and we were doing this anyway, but I think with artists. And you guys can chime in on this. If you have some creativity thing to do, whatever it is, book writing, whatever, I would say now is the time to do it because oh, yeah. you can take the time to perfect it, you know, and have it right. So right. I think for everybody that's watching out there, and again, Heidi and Mark are giving some great information about this side of the business. You know, Mark's been in radio for a long, long time. And um, I'm glad that we actually have a chance to have these chats, you know, because um, I think it's important that people understand you just can't jump out there and no. then be, expected, you know, have a pocket full of money. You you know? Know, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> speaking of not jumping out there, how important do you think it is, Heidi, to have product? Because I do know that that's one of the things that I've talked to a number of artists about of all sorts of performing backgrounds. And of course, we've got a travel show here and the gentleman that puts that together is all big on uh, cups and uh, pillows and a number I of am. other things that he puts out. That's a part of your branding. Uh, when you go to shows, have some cool t-shirts. Uh, that's where you can sell your CDs, right? That's where you can sell your CDs if you're still doing CDs is at your uh, gigs or concert or festival events. Have your, your friend or your whoever set up a really nice booth space. Make yep. your T-shirts attractive, your CDs attractive, mugs, hats. Have it tied in with your website 
So if people want to go on the website and buy, you know, that's one thing I did. I had my eBay store. It was all tied to the website uh, where people could go and shop uh, comfortably and safely in their own home. They were using their credit card. I set all that up. Granted, it costs money, but I set all that up. Um, I used Squarespace. Because I had people when I was first starting to sell um, his T-shirts and things. Well, I ain't got no cash. Don't worry. I got a credit card swiper right here. Right. <laughs> Plug it yeah. in my phone. Take it. Uh, email you or uh, text you your receipt. <laughs> so just have your marketing and your game plan in place. You know, don't buy a whole bunch of T-shirts that you know are not going to sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to do a clothing line, start small. There are places right. that you can partner with that will help you start a small clothing line. I would suggest you start in t-shirts first. Don't add the pants and all that kind of stuff. That's when your following is bigger and better. And then you can always refer people to your website to purchase. Uh, um, Wix.com, GoDaddy.com, even though GoDaddy is expensive. Right. Wix.com has some really intuitive widgets and um, um, other things that if you're having your uh, website, you can really make it pop, uh, tie it in with your Facebook and your Instagram. You can go live, uh, have your, your fan email, your fan uh, engagement tool. And, you know, I would, I would just suggest all of that when you're having shows, tie it all in there together. Do some type of fundraiser. Get the local community involved where mm -hmm. a, a part of your profits go back into the local community because then you'd be surprised how you can get free advertising yeah. when your show is based on doing community service things. And you can get free advertising through popular radio stations. Now, these are things I've learned, okay? Because no, I that's had it. to do it because um, I didn't have you know, a major backer for HJ Entertainment. So things were coming out of my pocket. So I had to learn how to take my money and use it smartly. It's just that it's helped me on the back end for what I learned, even though I lost money <laughs> in the venture. I, I still took away a lot of valuable information <clears throat> that I can use in the future if I want to, if I decide right, I want right. to the artist development. Because yes, I am a consulting firm. So... Excuse me. I can no, you, do that if I choose, but it, I just have a lot of tools in my pocket now that I didn't have before. It's interesting you said that part about <laughs> community uh, um, partnerships and being community partners and everything. But there's actually a uh, group here that is connected to one of our well-known jazz artists, and that's the North Star Church of the Arts and all of that. But that's what they did. They realized that artists were in deep trouble, and they are artists themselves. So Nina Freelon is the artist that I'm referring to. <laughs> Um, um, Phil is the uh, father, Pierce Freelon, who is the hip-hop artist and everything, and a number of their other family members, as well as some of the musical community, they actually created a fund to help raise money 
to get money for the artists here in this local area because they realized that a lot of the artists were struggling. So they actually right. came together and created this kind of fund drive in order to create this money to give to other struggling artists, both the artists within their camp, but also artists outside of their camp as well. So they were not necessarily getting the money that Zach was talking about. And so they created like these fundraising efforts and they're still ongoing now right. where they're raising money to help the artists that are struggling during this difficult COVID time. Right. You know, Right, and it's a good way to get your music out. It's a good way for new artists to get their uh, music out because when I was getting ready to, to work on my tour uh, with Dr. Dr Jamerson, um, with Jewel and uh, the Temperies and LTD, um, we were going to offer uh, slots to local bands in each city. You pay $125 for your slot to perform for 30 minutes you can set up a booth to sell your cds your 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 swag to make more to make money so we weren't paying them but to be on the same stage opening for the Temperies, the delphonics ltd that is a good stepping stone on your resume and we're giving you the chance to make money so if you're popular and you have a following they're going to come see you play and then they're going to buy that merchandise and then they're going to spread the word. So oh, that's yeah. how that works. So I tell new artists, if you're just getting started, you're going to have to invest money in yourself. You just, yeah, you got to invest. Yeah. You got to have to, you just can't get, you can't get away from that. And yeah. if you can get on a show for playing for free, and I know there are rap artists who've been on the stage with major rap artists and didn't get paid a dime, right. but yeah. you know, they sold their merch. So even if you make like five hundred to a thousand dollars in merch sales and cash, it still was beneficial to you. Heidi, so, let me ask you a question. And Mark, I want to ask you this too. Yeah. Why is it that the going back to something you said, Heidi, about wanting something for free, the black dollar just overall spending in this country is huge. Mm -hmm. We purchase, we we purchase, we buy. We're a major buying mm -hmm. kind of culture, mm -hmm. right? We buy everything. Why is it we can't get enough black business owners to actually give people their worth when they come and do functions at places? Because I tell you, Mark, I tell you, I turned down, he's like, oh, you can do here. I was like, I don't want to do any of these places because they're not going to pay me why is it that people want to pinch the pennies and then go spend the black dollars somewhere else see what i'm saying it's very because it's, entertainment is not the same value added as buying a car or buying clothes or buying a home they don't the see it that way the right they don't see it's not the same thing they don't they don't see it that way yeah they now, don't see it that know, way right i know people who will go take fifty dollars to go to their favorite club buy a two hundred dollar outfit nurse the one drink, pay for something to eat, and go two-step and dance all night, but they won't pay for quality entertainment. Yeah. And it's still the service of the quality entertainment is providing you, right, the client, the customer, an opportunity to see a quality show, but they don't see the buy-in. That's crazy, right? That's some crazy stuff. I'm like, yo. We I always see want something yeah. for next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, it, yep. it, I, it, I don't know where that mentality came from. I hate it. But we're our own worst enemy. And that's why you have some black acts that just do white venues. Because you know what? 
them white venues are going to pay, going to feed you, set you up, buy your merch, scream and holler. And, and if you go to England and you're a funk band, R&B band in England, my God, they know about our history and music yeah, they do. better than what we do. Yeah, they do. And yeah. they will pay, 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 treat you wonderfully. That's why when I would book in white venues, I could easily get a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. If I'm booking a black venue, I know I ain't gonna be over five. Yeah, that makes sense. And Zach actually had the pleasure of, uh, and I've actually had him as well because he's actually a friend of mine. But he had the pleasure of having um, Ken Knox on the show, and that's actually yeah, yeah. one of the things that Ken Knox talks about. Is he's with uh, Chairman of the Board, and now he's got his own. He's like the manager of Chairman of the Board since the general passed away several years back and everything. But Chairman of the Board will tell you that they actually are the majority of their crowd. That's that whole beach music thing is majority white folks that are um, their audience. And they definitely that's what the majority goes to. And that's actually where they get a majority of their crowd. So they get a right. lot of folks that are like at UNC or Duke or ECU or a number of other campuses. They don't even right. have to be North Carolina campuses, but they're very much geared toward the whole white audience. So I would agree that a lot of times the white audience is having more appreciation for our music than we're having appreciation of our right. own music. And that's a, a very much of a shame. And that's even... It is. It's sad. It's sad. And then uh, our people give me y'all don't come play for us. Why would I come spend... It's going to cost me $1,000 to get to where you are only to make 500 and be in the hole? No, thank you. Hold on one second. Heidi, um, and I didn't mean to cut you up, but one light wants to know how she could contact you. Or um, he, she, he, uh, just she. look at me up on my official Facebook page, HJ Entertainment Consultants LLC. You'll Mark, can you face. put that down there somewhere? So I can, so I can do that. You'll see my face and my logo. Just send me a message. But you know, it's very important information that was spitting out to people only because um, you know, we talk about a variety of stuff on this round table. This is Mark's round table, and we talk about a lot, a lot of stuff, and it follows my show, so it kind of leads right into it. Thank you, Mark. But yeah, you know, I, I and, and I've been experiencing this for a long time. Like I worked in corporate wedding situations. Um, you know, I performed at Twin Towers, Shea Stadium, you know, Wall of Astoria, you know, um, you know, Copacabana. And these were all through, you know, um, my corporate thing that I work with, um, Creations Music. And I didn't care. People used to say, hey, you don't want to play here. And I would play with local acts. So I was like, yo, these people are paying me. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do the White House twice, Whoopi Goldberg and stuff like that, and John Guziamo. And, and, and with the funk thing in New York City, and Nappy had the way we kind of worked it, and now we branched out to D.C. and Maryland, is because... Those black people were supporters because they know about the funk and they want the Chuck Brown, even though he passed away. They know the true funk, right? But then when when we get that that other hippie circle, like we're supposed to be on Shakori Hills down here, you and I was fighting for that. We was trying to get on some other stuff down, some other festivals, right? And I'm like, well, they don't really have a pure funk black band. They have pseudo funk, you know. But they, it's almost like they don't want the real to come in, you know, because the real will destroy everything else. And I'm not just being arrogant about it. I'm just saying somebody that's 30 years old or 20 years old that listened to Knee Deep or Atomic Dog, and then they come on and they're doing their job. Don't get me wrong. I love it all, but they're going to call themselves a pure funk thing. And I'm like, yo, 
in 72 hours doing funkadelic stuff. You know, it's like a culture. Um, the hip hop culture is a culture. The funk culture is a culture. The rock culture is a culture. Like I know people in Mother's Finest and they're kind of cool and everything. And and Mother's Finest, um, you know, one of my favorite funk bands, they have a culture. They have that rock funk crossover culture. So I just think that, you know, people need to really understand music is music. It doesn't have a color. It doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a name. It's just music. And we really need to start pushing our product out there for the dollars that it's worth. And thank God, Heidi, you're doing that. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just wanted to tell people from my experience <laughs> for the past three years of just, whew, Lord Jesus, um, I will tell any artist. If you don't have about $10,000 to initially invest in yourself. Well. Yeah, you got to have, have that money. You got to have that investment money. Or a sponsor. Or, or <laughs> sponsor. Sponsors are good to have as well. Sponsors are good to have as well. But I also don't think that we do a good enough job of going after sponsors and supporting ourselves and things of that nature. I know that one of the things that I've oftentimes been frustrated by, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this idea, is that I think that a lot of those folks that have the power and the clout could actually create stuff in our community that can compete with some of the big boys in entertainment. But I don't think that they do a good enough job of actually putting their word out there. You can be your own person or if they get out there, then they're able to go for the quick deal. And don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking Oprah for going for the quick deal with the uh, discovery and things of that nature. It's a business move and all of that. But sometimes I don't think that we do a good enough job of trying to, create our own and have our own distribution channels, our own production channels, our own um, avenues of a lot of varieties. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, we don't do our homework. Right. Yeah. It's that plain and simple. We don't do our homework. And because to do your homework takes time. Right. You've got to study. And, and me having my doctorate, uh, it's taught me how to be a researcher mm -hmm. and to study and to figure out what the game is, who some of the players are, right. mid-range and the high-end high, high end range, uh, the cost of doing business, and and it, it entails a lot. You just, I mean, you just can't get out here and sing and play and think you're going to be Ed Sheeran or Beyonce and all that. I mean, look at their backstories. Yeah. Look at yeah. how some of them, how long yes. they were doing it before yeah. they made it. And some... 10 years yeah. before yeah. they made it and, and working and, and, and trying to get money together, get that first agent. And let me tell you, y'all, there are agents out here right. who will not book you if you cannot make them money. If you don't already have your own draw, right, and your own name recognition, and I'm the same way, I'm going to book you because I'm not going to work like that. Right. I, I, and I've told people, I can't book what I can't sell. Yeah. Well, I will right. consult and tell you what certain things you need, but don't come to me until you got it because I'm not going to do that one. Yeah. And then that's silly. It doesn't necessarily silly, but that makes me look stupid when I'm trying to book festival concerts or, or even certain venues. Doc, who, who, what, who is this? What, yeah. what? Um, yeah. Why are you even involved at this point? No, that's yeah. why that festival circuit to break into is very, very um, political. It's political it's, it's and it's totally difficult. political. It's if totally and it's wrong. If you don't have the talent, 
It's wrong. Already, because it, you know, I spoke to the lady from Shakori Hills twice, mm -hmm. met her personally, you mm -hmm. know, and I and I asked her. I was like, "You got two hundred fifty bands this weekend." Yeah. I was like, "You got one Latino act." I was like, "How come the one in North Carolina and the one upstate New York, like you don't put on some pure like dumpster funk?" P funk. How come these acts aren't coming here, and you won't even go the mid level act to where we are and put bands like ours on and and clones of funk and this and that? And I said, why is that? You know. And she 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 did want to say it, but I knew what she was gonna say because they don't really want that. No, they don't. You know? They don't yeah. want that black band to come in there and just wreck all that other stuff that they right. put out there right. that and, they and call. Factor. Right, that's right. That's, and, and I find that so Jackie Robinson-esque. Like, when is that going to stop happening? Now, up in New York, it's cool. But here... Part of but, it is your insurance. And, like, when I was booking shows uh, for Mr. Carter and because he was a funk act... And the majority of his nine one one. What's your emergency? God, there's a train that just hit a car. Sir, what is your location? Uh, uh, Look uh, around for a street sign, it's sir. Eighth and Orchard. Eighth and Orchard. Okay, very good. Eighth and Orchard. Sir, help is on the way. Why would he do that? The train still doesn't stop. You have to get there now. At a railway crossing, even if the engineer sees you and hits the brakes, it can take a mile for the train to stop. And for you, that's too late. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever. Brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, fall style. Wait, wasn't it just June? Right? So I went to Kohl's. Of course you did. I got a cute Kara Santana for Nine West sweater for 25% off and a great pair of Vans. Love Vans. And save 25% on a champion hoodie for my husband. Ooh, sounds cozy. You should go. You'll get 15% off or 15, 20, or even 30% off with a Kohl's card. BRB. Select styles. Offers end September 26th. Champion coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Demographic was African American. My insurance prices went up. Some places uh -huh. wouldn't let me do it at all. Wow. So I had to pay five, six hundred dollars for twenty-four hours for one million dollars of insurance for a place that holds five hundred seats. Well, that's crazy. So that's a, one of the reasons why some of these festivals will not book black acts because it's more expensive for them to bring in black acts because we have historically shown that we don't know how to act when we go to certain events oh, and if the age group is a certain age group yeah. now they're they're more likely to venture out for folk who are over 50. Right. but if you are the 18 to 40 crowd and because of insurance and this the demographic and where you might be holding your event it's Less headache for them, and it's cheaper for them not to have a black act. That hip hop crowd, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. That hip hop thing, and that thing, that stuff that comes with that is mm -hmm. is because of that. Because when you go, I've never seen anything happen at a funk concert ever. The most people do is they smoke and they hang out and they dance and they party, and but that's why that like they mix. But that next demographic underneath that. That age group you just said, Heidi, I've seen and been in places where I was like, man, I'm so uncomfortable, you know, because right, I, I don't got to go. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. We, that means so we don't even festivals, those organizers have to do their homework mm -hmm. and they have to be willing to take that chance to say, well, okay, we want to bring in some funk, we want to bring in 
a Bootsy Collins. Okay, we can't afford Bootsy, but who's a good regional act that you know we may know that will give us that Bootsy-esque feeling that we know our demographic and our base is gonna love? Oh, let's look at Zach Roberson, Robinson, Roberson's band. Okay, we can get them. You know, we can't. You know, Bootsy's fifty to one hundred thousand dollars, but we can get them for twenty. And we've seen their show. They sent us a really good EPK. They have a good following. They're going to bring in some new lifeblood for the base as far as the fan base. Let's take a chance. It goes well. You're going to be back. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But one of the things I'm always curious about is we don't even do a good job in the, uh, and I would definitely say in the funk category, of booking even our own festivals. Like I said, the, the yeah. festival that um, Zach was referring to was Shakori Hills, which is definitely very much of a, earthy kind of festival, kind of definitely a majority white festival. And I would say the same with the Eno and Centerfest is our annual street festival, as is Arts Blodger in Raleigh. But, you know, we've got a festival here, Bembe, and I don't know the last time that they booked a funk band. Now, they've gone and booked like the old R&B kind of bands like the Delphonics and the Stylistics and a number of other kind of groups like that. But I think that they are also a little bit um, have that fear element with funk music and are afraid that it's going to uh, not attract the audience that they want. I don't personally agree with their attitude, right. but I do think that they have that fear element and they're afraid that it's not going to attract the element that they want. But a lot of times the same element that they're getting from the stylistics and from the Delphonics and from uh, the old R&B groups that might have been out there or the old beginning of hip-hop kind of groups and everything, like a Slick Rick, that's some of the same audience that is the funk audience and all of that that it should be um, booking those same groups because it's the same audience but for whatever reasons they do not see that as a group that they want to go after and some of that might be the price points that you're talking about because they know who did it Sinbad was the only one who did it when he he had his Aruba stuff when he had his Aruba he did that he was trying to get other black entrepreneurs to understand this is the way to do it. Mark hit on a key point. Black entrepreneurs do not book enough black festivals. And it doesn't mean that it's all black. It just means that it needs to have a black mindset behind it, the dollars behind it. So right. this way, white groups, Latin groups, and black groups can all get on the same show. And, and, and people can get paid what they're worth. Because right. when Sinbad did it, all people had to do was jump. If Oprah and all of them, I can't tell nobody what to do with their money. I ain't them. Oprah and LeBron James and all these people, all they had to do was push their money towards that. He said, I was asking people. I was begging people. You know, I'm giving you this. I'm trying to keep it alive. Because what happens, like you said, Heidi, before, if you do not show your face and keep your face and name recognition and brand recognition out there, you will die. You know what I'm saying? An artist, you know, and Sinbad was trying to Earth with a Fire, Larry Graham, P Funk, you know, Zap, um, all those bands were coming on there, and it was insane. I was like, this is it. This is how it should HBO be. HBO ran it. HBO ran it. So they had Don Carson's rock concert and the Midnight right. Express. We need to get oh, back man. to stuff like that. Remember that? Remember yeah, that? Oh God, I was a girl. I was a child, but I would, yeah. I would watch. I would watch the Midnight Special. Ooh, yeah. that was a treat. Remember? That was it. Let that my sister not stay up and watch that and, and Wolfman Jack yep, and yep, all yep. that stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, all of that great stuff. Down Canadians, Wolfman yeah. Jack, all, all the great, right. all, 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 
But it sounds to me like what all of y'all, are, both of you are saying is that we need to actually get back. And some people may say that this is a negative term and everything. But to some degree, we might need to get back to almost like creating the Chitlin Circuit where there is like a festival that's a, a, a venue that you know is going to be a black venue in a Kansas City, in an Austin, in a uh, Charleston, South Carolina, in a Harlem, in a Durham, Raleigh area, in a number of other places. And you're almost creating like that kind of tour environment within our community and things of that nature. Well, you know why it got the name for that, called the Chitlin Circuit, right? How? I don't know. Go ahead and educate. The Chitlins is the intestine of a pig where the Mm -hmm. poop passes through. Yeah. It is the least important part of the pig and very therefore it is the least expensive food you can buy. That's why it's called the Chitlin Circuit because the average band makes three to five hundred dollars working four hours with mm. a 15 minute break in between with no with no uh, comp on food or drink. That's why it's called the Chitlin Circuit. Mm. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, that is deep. We're going to have to create the Chitlin Circuit that's a more better paid Chitlin Circuit. I haven't had Chitlins in a long time. Every now and then well, I have I to eat them. I don't either. was enough for me. I don't either, but every now and then I have to confess I crave my pork, but I'm eating much, much healthier over the past couple of years. But every right. now and then. But see, it's funny you say that because people, um, that's where you see all the great talent. Right. You know what I mean? Even though it may not be there, but you go in that Chitlin Circuit, you'd be like, wow, that's where it is, you know? Well, that's it's fine it as long as music is your part-time gig, right? If you want to have a part-time gig and you don't want to work for the man and you can put a cool band together and become a really awesome popular cover band that does that Chitlin Circuit and maybe does a couple of cool festivals in the summertime where you can make 1000 to $1,800, do you. You can make some really good money on that circuit when you keep it in perspective, right? Yeah. But if you're trying to be as big as Beyonce, Beyonce or Jay-Z and you want to do arena stuff, then the chicken circuit is not where you want to sit too long. Exactly. Exactly. Because then you will have a uh you will become known as that great chicken circuit artist that does that great cover band stuff. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's what you would definitely as and all of that. And there's no doubt about that. And folks would be sitting there going like, that's the one that we know is going to do the cheap performances. And we don't want to be known as the one that does the cheap performances. You want to be known as the one that's going to get the good money and everything. One of the things that I've been seeing people talk about is that they feel that there is a new renaissance. I am a big fan of the Harlem Renaissance and all of that, partially because of COVID, partially just because of life in general. But I was wondering your thoughts, Heidi, do you think that we are in the middle of a new renaissance? And what is your thoughts of that renaissance and its future? Because you remember the Harlem Renaissance lasted for several years and brought us many great artists historically, and there have been a number of other great renaissances as well. So I'd love to know your thoughts on the renaissance and all of that. I think people in my son's age group and my daughter's age group, because I've got I've got a child who's a millennial and I've got a child who's Generation Z, right? So I got a 16-year-old and a 31-year-old. They are going to drive that new age, renaissance, indie soul stuff, they call it, where it's all organic and more, or, more acoustic based, more real, more natural, where women can sing and they look like who they are. They ain't got to be on a 500 calorie a day diet wearing the skimpy outfits. I mean, the the time of Nicki Minaj showing everything, 
that's not going to last long. And yeah. we're going to get back to where we want that real artist feel. And I'm not saying that <clears throat> Mickey Minaj isn't a real artist, but she's going to have to start presenting herself as a real artist and stop using those gimmicks. Like Adele. That's right, why I love it. Using all those gimmicks, your hair, and you know, okay, and all that kind of stuff she she makes. It's cool for a moment, but like I said, because this industry is geared towards youth, and youth is ever changing, you're going to have to decide if you're like a Madonna, who right. can change with it all. That woman is sixty something. She's a good ten years older than me, and she's still popular. And she's still popular with young people because she gets it. Yeah. Same with Gaga. Gaga. Yeah, Gaga definitely Lady gets it. Gaga. Right, right. And here's the kicker. Even Dolly gets it. Here's the kicker. Lady Gaga got her start with the help of new kids on the block. Right. Yeah. And now she's bigger than them. New kids on the block are still doing their thing. But if Lady Gaga wanted, she'd be like, y'all want to come open for me this year? Yeah, yeah. But they do their own thing. And they she's talented. Tour. Yeah. She used a gimmick, but she, she's crazy talented. You know? Oh, yeah, she is. She's a, she's a prodigy. Yeah. She, she has genius level intelligence, and she is a piano prodigy. Yeah, that she is. That woman's as smart as a hootie dude. Yeah, and she people, is. People yeah. write her off because yep. her, her, her quirk is a marketing tool. Right? Yeah, that's all that's it is. That's a marketing tool. That's all it that's is. That's not yep. her. That's yep. a marketing tool. Marketing people tool. buy that stuff. Oh, yep. you know, she this, she that. I'm like, yo, come on. Yeah. That's like, yeah. you know, Biggie and 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 uh 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 Tupac. Tupac, Tupac yeah. was very poetic and had oh, a yeah. lot of common sense yeah. and was intelligent. That yep. gangster stuff was marketing and hype. Yep. Yeah, that's what a lot of times it that, is. They just knew that the young folk would buy it. Right. Yep. Yep. And they would be market a... it that way. Oh yeah, that was definitely marketed that way. There's no doubt about that and everything. And right away, we're going to wind down. Only got a few more minutes. I was hearing you talk about the uh, Delphonics, and I was actually going to share a quick story because I had the pleasure of uh, booking them. Uh, well, not so much booking them, but being involved with their booking at the, um, I think that was at the Bimbe Festival. And uh, while the founder of the Delphonics is very much of a leader of, of the group and definitely is very much of a, in my mind, more of a clean cut gentleman, some of the bandmates, not as much so. Because I just remember when they came to town and everything, the first thing that they wanted to know was where the uh, closest club was and all of that. And a friend of mine actually decided to take them to one of those clubs, but they didn't take them to the classy one. They took them to the less than classy one. And my uh, friend then came back to me, and I remember seeing some of the Delphonic members, and they were like, uh, and I was asking them as they were getting ready to perform, I was like, did you have a good time last night? And they were like, I don't remember. We think we had a good time, but we do know that we're going to have to go to the clinic when we get back, but we're not oh. sure if we had a good time or not. <laughs> Ew. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of them, you know, they like to, you know, smoke yeah. and have their drink and all that, and that's fine. I just tell acts, you know, when you're on the way up, you got to be real cool and real chill about what you do. Because yes. even some of these big powerhouse acts, when they do stupid on the road, right. they start costing talent buyers and venues too much money, and the city got to get involved, and the city starts hiking up them prices to rent certain spots. I don't care. Then you could have a lot of name recognition and uh, 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 hit records. When your reputation goes down, you don't get Johnny Depp. Johnny right. Depp may never even work in Hollywood again because his reputation, Shia LaBeouf, 
is right. another one. All that mess coming up about him, he's lost three major mo movie deals now. Right. So you still have to maintain a level of professionalism. Who you are out there when you're in the industry, just because you this and that doesn't give you carte blanche to act, act a fool. Right, It'll exactly. No, no, that's right. You don't have that car blanche to act a fool. And like I said, I do remember that the uh, leader of the group was very much of a classy act and everything of that nature. The same with the stylistics. But I don't even know if those bandmates are still in the band. No, they I think got they versions of them. They got, there, there's three versions of the Delphonics, okay? Because, you know, the three founding members all have legal rights to the name. Right. That's just like uh, Climax. You've got uh, uh, Joyce Arby's Climax. There's two uh climaxes out there and you gotta make sure you know which one you're booking yep same with the stylistics because there are different versions of the stylistics mm -hmm. there's the all them. yep quite a few of them have that but as we're getting ready to wrap up and i was glad that you were able to stick around and everything but one of the things that i always do on all my shows is i try to give um the people that are on the show a chance to give a word of positivity a word of encouragement something that they would like to just share to the world in general because like zach told you the international broadcast media is an international platform so i would love to hear your thoughts about um any words of encouragement that you would like to share with our global audience and just in general and then that'll wrap it up i might bring up one of the uh ads of some of our existing shows because by the way um one of the things i'd be curious about is do you ever do you think that you'll be looking for a new talent like i know zach's one of your talents but we do have folks that are on our platform that are talented as well as a matter of fact one of the ladies that comes on after uh Zach and myself is Alexandria May, and she's seen as the Taylor Swift of South Africa. So she's definitely oh, no. known in that area and everything, and has been uh, going between South Africa and Nashville. I think compared to one of those national um, in America music awards and everything, but she definitely has a fine reputation. And there's some other people that fall in that category that either come on our shows or appear on the different shows and things of that nature. So um, I want to hear your words of encouragement, but also if folks are interested in being on your roster, are there still slots on the roster? Because you did say that you didn't want to get the super-sized roster, because I know some people try to get that super-sized roster, and only if you're on a one-man shop or a one-woman shop, you can't handle a 1,000 people. I know some folks right. have tried, and they know that doesn't work. Um, I'm going to have about three slots open. Um, I'm, um, I'm going to be looking at and seeing uh, the demographic, where people are at, what their goals are, Right. where they want to be in this business. Um, I think 2021 will be the year where I kind of start looking at how I'm going to fill those three slots. Because um, work, I can guarantee you, uh, the stuff I book is not going to really be available for 2022. Right. Uh, so small festivals, small venues, I don't do. Book those yourself. It's a learning experience. Get that experience. Uh, so that's where I'm heading. As far as inspirational, uh, keep striving. Remember who you are. All you got at the end of the day is your name and your word. So be mindful and conscious of both. Uh, if you're a praying person, uh, ask God for guidance and direction. He will, read you, he will lead you in the right way. Don't get discouraged because some doors aren't meant to be opened. Right. So if, if you see a door and you're struggling, you can't figure out, Look at that door and see if it's really a door you need to walk through right then and there. And it's okay if you if it's not meant for you to walk through. That doesn't mean another door won't open. I I'm, I I can speak on that personally. Right. What's gone on with me in the past you know year. So just stay diligent. 
um, stay mindful, stay prayerful, uh, look to see what's out there, how you can get started, and just know it, it, it's going to be a, a trek. It's, it's going to be a hard road, but I mean, that's okay. God, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, so uh, do you and do you in the right way. Yep, definitely some great advice, and I appreciate that advice and everything. I do know that there are some uh, great shows that we've got. Like I said, Alexandria May will be coming on. I believe that's at around uh, 3 o'clock and everything, so she's actually going to come on very shortly and everything. And then at 4.30, we've actually got a show that I also think you would find interesting, and there's some gentlemen out of Colorado, and they do a show called Talking Upstream, which is basically them whiteboarding ideas. So they basically create their own TV shows, their own movies, their own comic books, and all of that. So they do the whole whiteboard concept so folks out of that Colorado area originally from other parts of the country but they definitely lately have been bringing in guests that help them create these ideas and they also try to get ideas from the audience as well so their whole hope is that eventually they will create something that say a Netflix or Hulu or somebody actually Mm -hmm. buys and picks that up and everything so I'm gonna actually bring their spot on as well as the one of the other shows and then get on out of here but I do appreciate you being on the round table and also appreciate you uh joining on Zach's show as well. You are an amazing guest, and I hope to have you, as Zach said, on one of my shows, because I would love to talk to you further about both the entertainment game and the politics. You know how to reach me, so reach out and we we can get that done. All right, I'll definitely do that. Okay. You all have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Do the same. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is Lynn Shepard. Our family owns an online dollar store, family.dollarstore.com. We have over 4,300 items on our site, quality items, and a lot less expensive than you might find wherever you're shopping, including on Amazon. We deliver for free if you spend $25 or more. And we also have a gift token program. Now, gift tokens are just like gift cards gift cards that you would get to shop at CVS, Target, Macy's, or a lot of other stores. And when you sign up to become a customer, you immediately get $5 worth of gift tokens to be able to use before you even make your very first purchase. 
So we encourage you to sign up to become a customer. We are here because we are supporting a not-for-profit, Money Masters PBS. Money Masters PBS owns IBM TV. Now, the mission of Money Masters PBS is to narrow the gap between poverty and financial sustainability. T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Life gets more magical when you dream. So dream of a Disney cruise filled with magic and wonder. <laughs> Hiya, pal! Sail from Florida to Disney's private island paradise and get ready for a dream come true with Disney Cruise Line.